everybody! Welcome to a special episode of Top 5 A through Z. Uh, I am Jason Soto. I am joined with uh, Bill Zaney. Hello, Bill. Hey. Uh, I'm the reason that we're 16 minutes late, everybody. So sorry about <laughs> that. You know what I've noticed about Twitch streamers is they're never on time. So if anything, that makes <laughs> us an authentic Twitch stream. Uh, we got Pete. Hello, Pete. What's up, y'all? And we got Rob. What's up, Rob? How are you? So, uh, to everyone listening in the audio form of this show, uh, we are streaming live on Twitch. Uh, yes, we are on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash RabbitHolePods. Uh, you can go there and you could follow. And anytime any of us, any of the shows on the Rabbit Hole Podcast Network decides to stream live, you will get a notification. Uh, we also, you know, get together and we play some games. We play some Jackbox games, probably some Among Us. There might be some other stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, but I just uh, kind of randomly thought today, you know, I, I feel like doing a live stream. I feel like being live and I want people to see what the madness is as we're recording a show. As opposed uh, to what, being dead? Yes, and so uh, thought we should be alive today. So yeah, I said live, not not alive. I said live. Uh, so we are going to be streaming this episode today. We are doing the letter T. We are going to be doing our top five uh favorite movies that begin with the letter T. But before we get to our lists, I want to talk about an app. Uh, it's called Grinder. And uh, this is how I met these three people on here. And uh, I was on there and I said, hey, I'm looking for a podcast host. And they're like, let's go meet at a truck stop. And I was like, why a truck stop? What does that got to do with podcasting? And they're like, podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no. Uh, I want to talk about RunP. It is an app. Uh, it's free to download. It's free to download on uh, Android and iOS. And... Uh, it's for when you go to movie theaters and you're watching a movie in the movie theater and you really have to go to the bathroom, uh, but you don't want to miss anything, miss anything important. So you bring up the app. The app tells you, hey, during this part of the movie is a good time to go to the bathroom because nothing important is happening. And then uh, you can go. The app tells you what is happening so you don't miss, you know, you know you're not out of the loop. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's very useful. I've made everybody on rabbit hole podcast, download it and use it. And I, I forced them. I, I go to their houses with a gun and I say, you're going to fucking download this app right fucking now. That's not a gun. And, uh, it, a it, gun. it costs a lot in gas. It, it cost a lot in gas and Uber fees, but it was well worth it. So, uh, anyway. Wait, wait. Um, podcasting? When we hooked up, you said podcasting. Fucking, I'm out. Uh, well, Rob was, supposed to be, Rob was supposed to be shirtless, but that, that didn't come. That didn't, that didn't happen yet. But I don't know. We got we got about two hours, so let's see what happens. Nobody, Nobody, wants, to see this. Yeah. Nobody wants to see this without a shirt. <laughs> so, anyway, Run P. We're really going to lose this sponsorship. Run P. Run P. is an app. It's free to download. Uh, go, please go check it out. And second thing I want to mention is rabbithole podcast.com. That is the home of 
top five A through Z, this very show that you are listening slash watching right now. And there's all kinds of awesome shows for you to check out there over at Rabbit Hole Podcast. Uh, there's going to be a new one coming in February featuring our pal uh, Rob right there. Uh, he's going to be doing more podcasts than me at this point. Um, uh, he's going to be doing a show with our friend Bubba Wheat, uh, called lyrical innuendo, where they're going to take a song and then discuss if the song is sexual or not. And I'm very much looking forward to hearing that because we, we got a nice, uh, we got I've, a nice list. Started, I've seen you know? the list of songs that they're going to talk, talk about, and, um, yeah, it's going to be a good show. I can't wait for it. So that'll come out in February. And uh, you can check that out over at rabbitholepodcast.com. You know, it's really funny about that, Jason, is I was actually talking with uh, Nick and a couple others. And apparently I am the best person for podcasts like this because I don't know shit. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, wait, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, you know, we were talking about Infoblast, which I'm also on, mm-hmm. and everybody's saying me and Nick have great chemistry, and, yeah. and somebody was like, yeah, Rob's great for this, he doesn't know a damn thing, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know shit, the <laughs> fuck does he know, no, and no, 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 it's, I can't, what's, I can't remember what song we were talking about, and I was like, that is, oh, it was, yeah, it's, um, it's from a Batman movie. I'm like, that's oh, yeah. sexually innuendo. And everybody's like, have you not looked at the lyrics? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't it is very that much. Movie. It is very much. Well, I'm <laughs> sure that'll be an episode of that show, so we won't say what it is. But no, Rob, what it is is you add a lot of humor. And so we got to have a serious person talk serious. Mm. And then we got to have you bring the humor. So reason number yep. 6,345 as to why I'm still single. <laughs> But women like funny people, so I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, Is it it the na-na-na-na-na-na Batman part? Yeah. Yes. It's actually actually the fifth na-na that makes it really sexual. If they would have stopped at the fourth, it would have been fine. But that fifth one is what just pushes over the edge. Parents, parents were mad in the '60s. Ooh, Batman. Yeah, they, they, they were like they boycotted the show. They were throwing tomatoes at Adam West. It was a whole thing. Don't, don't. Worry I was about thinking it. about Prince's electric chair for uh, Batman stuff. It was a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> that All was right. my first thought too. But then I was like, if you really think about it. Na 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 na. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> if you slow it down a little, make it a strip tease. Yeah, it's all on the or, delivery. Or could have could... went like this. Na 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 na. I now, I now have a new goal in life. I'm gonna pay a stripper to do a strip tease to the Batman theme song from the '60s. <laughs> That's a great birthday gift for you. <laughs> we're gonna make that happen, and we're gonna film it, and we're gonna film it, and I'm gonna put it up on the YouTube channel. Or I might have to make a Pornhub channel just to show that. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yet. Okay, let's hey. get to this. Let's get to the show. We're getting way off topic here. <laughs> My nickname used to be Pickle Porno Penguin Pete. Possibly the point. earliest ever. That's, yeah, uh, you know what? I think it's because we're all jittery because we're live on Twitch. I'm not, that might have something to do with it. Okay, <laughs> so nerves, you know, we are nerves. doing our top five favorite movies uh, that begin with the letter T. Uh, I didn't assign order. I forgot to do that before the show, so... 
Rob, usually sometimes you're wishy-washy about wanting to go first. How are you feeling today? Do you want to go first or do you not want to go first? Uh, my vodka is half empty. I'll go first. All right. So we're going to have Rob go first, then Pete, then me. And then so, Jeez. Uh, Let the fat funny guy go first. Well, that would be me. So I'm not going first. So that was say, That's me. <laughs> That's how Pete was the only one who didn't say anything. Pete remained silent the entire time. He's like, I'm well, chunky. Pete, well, Pete doesn't consider himself fat, so. I'm chunky. So, with that <laughs> said, all right, Rob, all right. what is your number five? My Let's number get going. Five. Let's do this. I like it. Let's do My it. My number five was back in 1981. Um, it was directed by Terry Gilliam, one of the Monty Pythons. Um, it was also written by Terry Gilliam and written by Michael Palin. So it's, I'm going to name a couple of people here. Uh, we got Sean Connery. Uh, we got Shelley Duvall. I already know what this got is. John Cleese. I got it. Um, uh, David Rappaport and Craig Warnick was in. And that's the only movie he's been in. My number five is Time Bandits. I had to take this off the list because I limited myself to only two time travel movies. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I remember this, but I never really considered it a time travel movie because... It was kind of um, it was kind of like a, a history slash time travel slash um, fantasy built in into the mind of a of a little child named Kevin. Um, he's eleven years old, and he goes through all these like these amazing uh, adventures with these group of dwarves. And yes, they are dwarves. I'm not gonna say little people because that's what they were called. Call, they were called in the movie. Um, and so, you know, they skip from, from time era to time era. And the bandits are basically like, uh, how do I want to describe them? Um, interdimensional uh, time thieves. Uh, so they, they steal something from the, sorcerer, from the Supreme Being. Um, and Kevin, you know, he's, he's a part of this, you know, and it's just, it's one of those, like, it's Terry Gilliam first off. So you got to wonder how much LSD was put into this movie. <laughs> Um, and you really wonder where the ending is because you, you kind of wonder, it's like, okay, there is an ending to this film. It's right there. But did he do that because he had like this much more to go or what, you know? So it was budgeted for about an estimate of $5 million and it grossed about $42 million worldwide. So it made its money back, you know. Um, a couple interesting notes about this. Um, all the bandits, all the, the dwarves that were in this movie also appeared in Star Wars Episode um, Six: Return of the Jedi. They were Ewoks. That's uh-huh. the only role they could play. Nice. Um, it was the tenth most popular film in 1981, um, and according to Gilliam, um, Rappaport the dwarf thought he got this role because of his stature. Like uh, b- before this, he did a lot of movies, and for an individual of his size. He was kind of one of those individuals that was known in the acting industry for being, you know, a dwarf and being well-known and an amazing actor. And it really wasn't that. So there's that one scene where um, it's called, it's the scene during the Invisible Barrier where all the other pirates were just pissed off at him and started taking his frust- their frustrations out on him. They were really doing it. They were really beating the shit out of him and getting pissed off at him. Because they, you know, he wouldn't socialize with any one of them, like, you know, during the filming, like, during downtime. He thought he was this high mighty, and everybody's like, God, he's a fucking dick. What a prick. 
Mm. They're like, yeah, that's the best time to kick his ass. <laughs> um, wow. And All right. another another ironic thing, uh, actually, it wasn't really ironic, but um, Gilliam had had written that he wanted dwarfs to be in this movie because it was one of his memories growing up in the San, San Fernando Valley when the circus would come into town. He always enjoyed the circus. And the most notable thing about the circus was the dwarves that were in there. He thought if they could do that, they could do anything. So he, he made sure that that he had his thieves be dwarves. So, um, yeah, that's my number five is Time Bandits. I really do oh, enjoy this movie. Um, I remember watching it as a kid, and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But then... I confused the shit out of you too, didn't it? You were like, yeah, a little bit. And then, but once I got older, I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is actually a good movie. I really like it. And yeah, it's, Sean Connery was in there. You know, that was amazing. The ending is dark as all hell. I it mean, is. It is. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the part that confused me was the ending. Like, you know, the I guess we could say spoiler alert. The parents like blow up because there was a rock in the microwave. And then Sean Connery shows up as a fireman, and then it just ends, and then it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Funny thing you should mention that Sean Connery asked to be in the ending to be a, um, a fireman. He's like, <laughs> he, he thought that it would be a nice tie into the beginning of the movie and throughout the movie to to be uh, the fireman. So it was kind of um, uh, Warnick's way of of securing fantasy and reality together. I see. So yeah, it's right. it was an amazing film. That's a good pick. I like it. Thank you. Uh Pete, number five. Cock and balls. Oh, sorry. Um, um you're probably going, What? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Pete's off the show. He just said that. A little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh what's the most embarrassing thing you think had happened? Zipping up your cock and balls. <laughs> and uh <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, you know where I'm going with this. It's Frank and Beans. Uh, it's Frank yeah. and Beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, How did you get the beans above the frame? No, I know. I'm talking Frank's about and the, beans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's something about Mary. Uh, there's my number uh, five. I almost said number one. I don't know why. But uh, uh, if you have your number one caught in the zipper, <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd be saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you can't uh, put the beans over the frame. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be. <laughs> uh, so in 1985... A uh, young Ben Stiller was in high school and stuff. They're getting ready to have his date with the uh, the beautiful uh, Cameron Diaz's character, uh, Mary Johnson, and he decides to go to the bathroom. Well, you pretty much know what happens there because I just revealed that spoiler. He <laughs> kind of zips up his balls inside his uh, uh, pants. Yep. But, um. So yeah. So the date ends up getting canceled, of course, and you know he loses track of uh, Cameron Diaz's character, Mary. So you go 13 years later and he's 29 year old and he decides to try to get back in touch with Mary and the private investigator he, he hires, um, uh, uh, not Bob Dylan. I almost said Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Wow. <laughs> that would be an amazing yeah. movie. I would watch the uh, fuck out of that. <laughs> I was going to say Matt Dylan. But, uh, hey, I almost found that. him. He's in Florida. <laughs> I could see if <laughs> Jim uh, Jarmusch directed it. <laughs> Bob Dylan being. <laughs> it's Mary, man. No, but, uh, 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 sorry. 
But uh, so yeah, so he hires Matt Dillon's uh, private eye character to try to uh, find Mary, and Matt Dillon gets infatuated with uh, Mary. So he he says, "Well, she's fat. She's married and has four kids, lies and stuff and everything and all that." And as the movie pro- progresses, you get two other guys that's infatuated with Mary, and. Uh, one, he plays like he's a cripple and stuff. I think he's really not crippled, which is fucking funny as hell. I remember that. Uh, yeah, and you know, and then you even get Brett fired up in that bitch. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the famous scenes, too, was with the hair. With the jacking off scene and, the, and her using the hair gel. But is anyway. that hair gel? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, one thing I thought was cool, too, is usually she's in the horror films, and she plays a really hilarious character in here that Lynn Shea's in here. In the movie, uh, she play. Oh, look at my notes here, and I, 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 I noticed that. And I was like, oh yeah, she is in that movie. Uh, she plays Magda. And Lynn Shay, if you don't know who I'm talking about, was inside like a, a bunch of horror films. Yeah, her uh, most uh, recent uh, one was Insidious. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in that one. Um, I mean, like the re- recent series, but. Uh, it's just funny to see her in that movie. Like, you know, I forgot that she was in that movie. Wasn't she um, the one in Kingpin, too? His yeah. Landlord? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you may have Sarah Silverman in this, which is funny. Yep. Yeah, a bunch of good good people in this one. It's 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 classic. It's funny as hell. I'm going to keep it at that. But um, that is my number five. There's something about Mary. Nice. Yeah, this is a fun movie. <clears throat> Lynn Shea. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, she was she was in I, um uh she's in a she lot had of a, stuff. She had a bit part in Nightmare on Elm Street three, I think it was. It was in the first one too. Maybe it was the first one. One of them. Because her brother produced the movie, so mm-hmm. they threw her into it as like a cameo. But then she ended up getting like an acting career herself. So yeah, that's cool. Oh, she was in New Nightmare. She, she was, was in a bud, in... yeah. She's in a lot of shit. Wow. The original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I just knew her from the Ferrelli Brothers movie. And Insidious. She's really good in Insidious. Like, one of my favorite roles of of hers was in Insidious. Yeah. Which we cover over at Between the Scares, which can be found at rabbitholepodcast.com. All right. My number five is going to be... My number five is going to be a tie. (laughs) Um, I was telling these guys before the stream... That uh, I I had a difficult time with this letter uh, because I could have just made it all time travel movies, but I wanted to limit myself to two. And uh, so with that said, uh, the time travel movies are not in my number five spot, but that did open up a little bit more things here. So my number five is going to be two movies that are kind of not well known. Which is very sad. They're very underrated. I don't hear anyone talk about either of these. And I'm going to be curious if anyone here has seen either of these. Uh, it's a movie. Now you're going to be like, that's a band. I've never heard of a movie called that. Don't say Tenacious D. Uh, no. Uh, it is They Might Be Giants. Uh, and uh, the second movie is called The Trouble with Harry. And... Uh, have you guys heard of either of these movies? I think I've heard of The Trouble with Harry. Oh, God, I gotta look that up. 
All right. I think well, I let me team. do uh, the MIP Giants first because that's probably the I one know that's the group most... that might be Giants. So, so okay. So this is a movie. It's from the seventies and it stars um, George C. Scott. I had to his name for a minute. Uh, so uh, George C. Scott he plays this guy who was a judge and he goes crazy and he thinks he's Sherlock Holmes. And the movie takes place in the modern time, which is sometime in like 76, 78. And uh, he gets uh, paired up with a uh, caseworker who just so happened to be named Dr. Watson. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, he brings her uh, into his madness and she starts being convinced that he actually might be Sherlock Holmes. And so they go on this grand adventure all throughout New York City has uh has uh Sherlock quote unquote is uh looking for Professor Moriarty and he like goes to different parts in New York and thinks oh that's a clue uh like someone just threw out like a like a paper bag full of trash and he's like that's a clue there's a grocery store on this bag we got to go to this grocery store and uh, go see if Moriarty's there. So they go to this grocery store, and it just kind of spirals along that, like that, uh, until the movie ends. And then she, the uh, Doctor Watson, who's a woman, I don't know if I said that or not, but uh, she is fully like now convinced that this is Sherlock Holmes, and they both kind of go crazy together. And then the movie ends. Uh, but mm-hmm. even though I told the ending. I still highly recommend seeing it. It's a very vastly underrated movie. It's a great adventure. It's a lot of fun. I don't know why no one talks about this. Um, you go nuts together. It's an awesome movie. Exactly. It's a <laughs> lot. It's a lot of fun. And George C. Scott does a great job as Sherlock Holmes. That's a great actor too. Really great and, actor. Yeah. And uh, it's I I can't highly recommend this movie enough. So. Uh, that's they might be giants, and I'm 99% sure that's where the band got their name from was from that movie. So there you go. Uh, now the trouble with Harry, uh, as Rob just said, it's a Hitchcock movie. Technically, you can't use that because it starts with the. But then it says trouble. So ha, I got you. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, again. I knew somebody was gonna say something about that, so I was ready. <laughs> I was ready. Uh, the so the spoken rule is you go with the third word when it is does at the beginning. So it's W. <laughs> okay. Damn it, Bill got me. Yeah, you got to put that in the W section. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so Trouble with Harry is actually one of the rare comedies that Hitchcock made. He didn't make a lot of comedies, right. uh, you know, during his tenure as a director. This is one of the few, and it's a dark comedy. Because it's about this dead body uh, of a guy named Harry who just shows up. He, he starts the movie dead. And uh, a movie character finds his dead body. And then soon everybody in this small town gets involved and starts, like, hiding the body. Or they move it. Or they think, you know, like, oh, no, the, my husband killed this guy. So I got to hide the body to protect him. And then someone else finds it. And they're like, oh, my God, there's a dead body. We need to... It's going to ruin the town's reputation. We got to move it. Mm-hmm. So it just leads to a lot of, like, you know, uh, misunderstanding, like almost Three's Company style misunderstandings. It's kind of snowball. Three's <laughs> Company with the corpse. 
<laughs> yeah, and uh, it's it's really it really is funny. It's actually a legitimately funny movie. It's a dark comedy directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and it's wonderful. <clears throat> and I don't know again why no one talks about this movie. It's it's fantastic. I highly recommend this um, to anyone. If you're a fan of Alfred Hitchcock, you should check this out because it's if you can picture Alfred Hitchcock doing a comedy, it's that's most likely. Like you, what, what, uh, that's gonna be the trouble with Harry. That that's exactly what you're gonna get. So anyway, my number five is a tie between They Might Be Giants and The Trouble with Harry. Two very, very vastly underrated movies. It's funny you speak of that. My friend Ray is a huge Hitchcock fan, and he's seen mm-hmm. all the films. He's never once mentioned that. Yeah, maybe you should tell him about it. See if he if he's even heard of it. He probably has. It's it's like it. The way you described it, it was like a, a pre-dark weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. A little bit. It is a little bit. I mean, it just sounds like I mean oh, it's not like they don't do the thing where they move the body around like animated or anything, but you know, it's it's them moving around a dead body trying to either hide it, get rid of it, or uh, I think even someone's trying to figure out who it is. They just know his name's Harry because of a driver's license. And that's it. <laughs> And they don't know how he got killed. I don't. I don't remember. It's been a little while since I've seen it, but I don't remember if they've ever established how he gets killed. But uh, yeah, it's just them just just trying to. Yeah, like maybe late forties because it has uh, Shirley MacLaine in it, and it's got uh, Jerry Mathers in it. Like a a child, Jerry Mathers in it. So whenever he was a kid, he's he's in it. So yeah, Um, yeah, check it out. Go go look it up or. If you ever come by my house, we'll pop it in because I will gladly watch this anytime. So, so you three got to come to my house. We're gonna have a movie night. It's kind of hard oh. for Pete. Why? Uh, Pete's in Chicago. He lives near Bill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pete and Bill, you guys got to take the train down to Indy. It's not like Chicago. <laughs> it's not like Pete and Bill live like opposite sides of the country. They live like I don't know what twenty minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, Dan. <laughs> All right, Bill, yeah, go. What's your I'm number? Like right at, oh, sorry. I'm like right at the borderline. Oh, sorry. So, anyway, uh, Bill, what's your number five? Well, uh, my number five is something that I'm pretty sure I can guarantee all four of us were very into back in 1990 drugs when the movie came out i was pretty sure but okay drugs yeah huh what huh he's like drugs jason said drugs i was like no i was gonna say porn yeah (laughs) you don't know what i did when i was 10 I was the only child, and I was home alone a lot, so you don't know what I was up to. <laughs> Actually, that does kind of factor into this movie. <laughs> because okay. the evil organization known as The Foot <laughs> oh. okay, bad things like that. Okay. Now, and I'm talking what? about <laughs> the 1990 feature film Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. 
I'm talking about Heroes in a Half Shell, people. Yes. Baby. Turtle power. And I just, like, baby, baby. baby, no, baby. No, no, I say <laughs> Yes, I'm talking about those red, tubular, cowabunga-like dudes. I sound so hip right now. <laughs> and one is voiced by Corey Feldman. I totally thought you were like a 12-year-old, Bill. Totally, you fooled me. I thought I thought you were a kid for a second there. I was about to say, how the hell did a kid get on this call? What the hell? I know, I'm so red and... Oh, you did it again. I thought I was getting ready to I'm, kick you out. I'm Stop so doing up that. On the times. Stop doing that. <clears throat> hey, Kawabunga, man. <laughs> Kawabunga, dude, don't have a oh. cow. How are all these kids getting on this yeah. call? Man. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. <laughs> the kid's got 30 seconds. Hey, let's all call for a pizza. <laughs> yes, that is one of the great things about the turtles. They love pizza, and so do we. I imagine I'm speaking for all four of us, but I know we I do. do. I, I do. love mine with barbecue sauce and pineapple. I think for sure all of us here like pizza. See, we're all like spirit. The turtles are our spirit animals, yeah. and we are four. We are four. There's four of us. I'm we Michelangelo. I'm always Michelangelo. I called it. <laughs> And we all live in a sewer. At least I. Oh, sorry. Maybe I'm the only one. That's what this place <laughs> is. <laughs> uh, well, I, I live in the basement too, so you know. So it's and, almost like a sewer. Yeah. And we have. I have a uh, life-size, uh, giant, people-sized rat that has trained me in life and in martial arts, Bob? as we all have, right? Bob. No, what? I'm just talking. He knows what I'm talking about. Is this Bob? <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry. That'd be funny. No, no, no. That was, that was a joke. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, what about the turtles, Billy? <laughs> well, he did train me in martial arts, but. <laughs> that is true. I was there for that. <clears throat> yes. And that is when I created my alter ego, Back Sports Bill. Aha. No, but yeah. Inside is... jokes are not funny to the people outside this show. <laughs> I confused. And I may be a bit pretentious for saying this, but I don't care. <laughs> no, I wasn't doing it as a criticism. I was just I was just yeah, no, I wasn't criticizing. I, I find it funniest too. I... There goes all our viewers. <laughs> all three. Damn it. Remaining. No, I was not criticizing. I'm sorry if I came off that way. No, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the Turtles is like the hugest thing of that era next to Ghost. That is true. Busters and what else? Star Wars, Karate Kid. Well, Star Wars is older. There was like Uh, a, like in the, like going towards like the middle 90s. It was uh, when Power Rangers came out. It was yeah. like you're either Ninja Turtles or you're Power Rangers. They yeah. did a crossover, actually. Yeah, they did eventually. Yeah, but I was always Ninja Turtles, man. I was there for them. See, I, I think I I kind of once the Power Rangers. Uh, well, I was probably still watching Turtles at that time. Yeah, but my favorite crossover with the tur- uh, Turtles was with Batman. Ooh, I you have that. I have that, I believe. That was pretty good. I have that comic. 
Yeah, I'm saying the comic right there. Yeah. Yeah, the I have that. Was great. That was that an awesome, too, yeah. awesome yeah. comic. That needs to be an actual movie. Well, I would watch the, the fuck out of that. Did they do an animated one? Oh shit! I gotta add that. I gotta see that. Yes. shit. that's gotta be amazing. I did not realize. That's yeah. gotta be amazing. Kind of funny because oh, Michelangelo. Right. Michelangelo does a lot of his jokes the entire time. Batman's just looking at him like, "Shut up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up eating pizza with him at one point. So that's he's All not right. down for it at first. Though he's like, "No, nah, no pizza." And next thing he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna have me some pizza." <laughs> All nice. right, go on, Bill, man. Tell because that movie is good for. Uh, well, yeah, you just I, now I gotta go watch that. Yeah, I'm looking uh, it up right now. But yeah, the <clears throat> what I liked about the turtles too was it, it was. See, a lot of people older than us didn't realize because they just figured it was a kids' movie, so they probably didn't even bother to watch and really pay attention, but. Mm. I'm assuming that I'm, that's probably a stereotype, but because <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like a lot of people probably didn't realize how deep that movie was. You, you know, it's about turtles that did martial arts and talk and were teenagers. <laughs> it's still like when Raphael uh, got hurt. Oh, yeah. That's some sad stuff. Yeah, right? it got really dark. It was more it, it the movie uh people were surprised at how dark the movie was cuz they were so used to the cartoon which was very light and bright and you know kind of humorous with you know all of them making jokes and stuff. Then you go see the live action movie and then like you know Raphael like said like damn and ass and yeah. <laughs> all these cuss words yeah. and he gets like Leonardo gets like in a coma for like two days or some shit yeah. or something or yeah like it was very dark and people were not expecting that we did have some dark movies in the 80s yeah. like the, hey. how different was the Masters of the Universe movie too from the cartoon yeah, <laughs> was... yeah but that like the, the, out of a Sam Raimi movie but tone wise it was still pretty goofy the live action movie yeah. Really, if you think about it, but they had to make it. They had to make it um, lighthearted because they were trying to not go for an R-rated film. You know, talking yeah. about R-rated turtles. You see how Seth Rogen is a uh, uh, doing a uh, pretty much a high version of the turtles. I did not hear about this. Look it up. They're doing a reboot again of uh, Ninja Turtles, huh. and uh, Seth Rogen's behind it. Oh, I did not know that. I don't know how I feel about that. I gotta look that up. <clears throat> Wait, so he's he's like observing it being made. It's being. It's right, <laughs> he's now behind you see it. Why eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm only kidding, but you see now why they eat a lot of pizza because they're probably stoned. I wouldn't mind yeah. a stoner take on Ninja Turtles. That'd be interesting. I guess he's kind of going with like the whole theory how Shaggy and Scooby were always stoned. <laughs> he's figuring the turtles are probably. <clears throat> So, all right. Anything else, Bill? Um, no. But I think anyone who hasn't seen that should definitely check it out. And the cartoon, as you mentioned, and the movie Pete mentioned were, and the comic. Uh, okay. Uh, the movie's called Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
yes, I am going to be adding that to my library wish list pretty soon. It's so. got my favorite voice actress, Tara Strong. Yeah. I'm in shock it took this long, but uh, I have to go for a minute. Well, just in time so for just Rob. Continuing. For Rob to do his number four. Well, I'm going to do my number four, and Bill's going to do his number two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Have the vodka's kicking in. Mm-hmm. My number four. Um, it was uh, directed by, uh, directed and written by Ron Clements and John Musker. Uh, actually, it was written and directed by Ron Clements, and it's um, you know, I was right. It's written and directed by. Ron Clements and John Musker. It's based off of um, Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Planet. Um, Treasure, oh, I just messed it up. Treasure Island. It's the um, movie Treasure Planet. I forgot to put the date down in there. So it stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emma Thompson, Martin Short, and David Hyde Pierce, which we all know a lot of those names. Um, if people are not familiar with David Hyde Pierce, it's like the one of the most unknown names of the film. He was in Frasier. Um, it was Niles. It was yeah. Niles, exactly. Um, so this is kind of a science fiction um, take on Treasure Island. Um, it's got Jim Hawkins, who was played, who was voiced by uh, um, Joseph. He's kind of a rebellious teen, you know, and he uh, wants to uh, take on the world, and he's kind of a slacker sometimes. But he um, gets his hands on this legendary uh, map to the treasure planet, and then he partakes on an amazing journey um when it was created and this I, I can't be mad at this because this movie suffered a lot um when it was created it was budgeted and spent 140 million dollars but it only grossed 110 million worldwide um and like i said i can't be mad at it um because when it was this movie was 10 years making it took a 10 it took disney 10 years to make this film um, it was it was started shortly after Di- Disney created Hercules, and after that popped off. Um, and it it was it was the longest production cycle of Disney's post Renaissance era. And when they made the movie, it was just it went through so much of a um, of a, a production hell cycle. You know, um, there were just so many problems with it. Um, a lot of the human characters were hand drawn. Um, John Silver, who was a cyborg in the movie, his anima- his animatronic arm was three D animated. Um, his his arm, his leg, and his eye, um, and and the character Ben were all three D animated. And there were scenes where all three um, parts of that you know John Silver, Jim Hawkins, Ben, all the characters were together. So to mix all that together both hand-drawn animation and 3D animation at the time when Treasure Planet was created was just an absolute nightmare, you know? Um, a couple other fun facts. The the ship that um, they took on the journey was called the RLS Legacy, which was short for Robert Louis Stevenson. So there's a, there's a nice little, you know, not to the creator. A um, couple other fun facts. If there's there's that scene where um, Jim's mother is sitting on the bed reading to him, and you know, when he's very young, 
when the father leaves, you know, he's, she's sitting there reading to him. And if you look on the, um, on the bookshelf, Disney does one of its little Easter eggs and there's a little, uh, little stitch sitting there. It's one of Disney's, Disney is notoriously known for putting characters of other films into their movies, kind of like an Easter egg to, to search, search and find, you know? Um, and finally, the last note I have on this, which I found just absolutely fascinating, was um, if you look at the character Jim himself, um, he was kind of seen as a James Dean of the future. So in the beginning of the movie, his clothes are very dark. You know, he's got the dark um, jeans and the, the black shirt. And as the movie progresses, as he becomes more mature, his clothes come from a dark to a more lighter color. It's in the end of the movie where he's in his naval admiral, his naval outfit, he's in all white to kind of show that he has progressed and matured from a young child to an adult. So that's me. Like I didn't like. I love this movie. I love Treasure Planet. I love Treasure Island. I love the Disney version of Treasure Island. Um, it's been one of my all-time favorite stories growing up as a child. I didn't really think about the the clothing issue at the time because of how animated it was and how much like they took treasure planet which is kind of like it's kind of a dull movie you know the live action is a dull movie the, the treasure island of the muppets muppets treasure island is kind of funny because it had tim curry in it but when they made this movie like it was just it completely blew my mind you know and so i didn't think about the the clothing until the end like I, was, I looked on INDB and I started researching it and I started looking, thinking about things about the movie and I was like, that's that's kind of a, it's a really amazing like thing that a lot of people don't think about. So there it is. My number four, my number four is Treasure Planet. All right. That was a good choice. Yeah. Thank you. I've I, not I, seen it, but I've heard really good things. Get the hell out right now. Go. 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 <laughs> well, I'm taking good. over. Okay, you have to you have to come to my house to do that. So, <laughs> be there in twenty minutes. All right, I'll see you. <laughs> All right, how Pete. You, how, how have you not seen Treasure Planet? Uh, I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Sorry. It was. I found correct. It was a remake, anyways. But if you like remakes, if you like uh, uh, really good uh, ghost stories and stuff, everything, this is a uh, really good one here for you. Um, Way back, I gotta get my notes out here because I don't have the year on me right now. In 2001, uh, we got 13 Ghosts, and that is my number four. It's 13 Ghosts. I was about to put that uh, on my list. Uh, Tony Shalhu, which you know is from Monk, he's the main guy in there, stuff and everything. Uh, you didn't know that too. I uh, just want to throw that out real quick. Plus, another random fact before I even get to the story about that. Uh, a rapper that was well known back then, Rod Digger, was in there also. So, uh, but basically, it's about. Hold on, I got my notes off. Shoot up here. It's live, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I have my notes ready when I'm doing this. But uh, get your uh, shit together, B. Come on. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to do the Wikipedia way too, real quick. <clears throat> you ready? Uh, Ghost Hunters, Cyrus Criticos. And his psychic assistant, Dennis Rapkin, Matthew Litter, everybody, yeah, from Scream, you know, uh, lead a team on a mission to capture a spirit called the Juggernaut. Several men, including Cyrus, are killed while the team is able to catch the ghost. Cyrus's nephew, Arthur, a widower, is informed by Cyrus's estate lawyer, 
Ben Moss, that he has inherited Cyrus's mansion. By a financially insecure, Arthur decides to move there with his two children, Kathy and Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Anyways, and uh, their nanny, Maggie. Um, Dennis meets the family as they tour the mansion. The residence is made entirely of glass sheets inscribed with Latin phrases, which Dennis recognizes as barrier spells. He discovers that the uh, 12 angry ghosts he and Cyrus captured are in prison in the house held captively by the spells. As he warns Arthur, Moss unwittingly triggers a mechanism that seals the house and unwittingly triggers... I mean, I'm repeating myself, sorry. (laughs) Again, live. Uh, uh, Unwittingly releases the ghosts. He dies when a set of sliding doors cut him in half. All right, so basically, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep the rest there to itself. It's a badass fucking film. Scene. I remember that scene. Yeah, it's a badass film. The ghosts are fucking awesome. One of them happens to be the guy's dead wife too, by the way, which I forgot to mention. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is in there also. Oh God. Um, <laughs> um, Shannon Elizabeth, but but anyways. Uh, yep. <laughs> Uh, it's a really great movie. Um, the effects are awesome. The ghosts look fucking great. Uh, you, you got, I got my notes here again. I'm going to start saying the ghost names. You got uh, uh, Billy Michaels, the firstborn son. You got uh, uh, Jimmy the Gambler Gambino, which was the, called the torso. You got uh, Susan LeGrow, the bound woman. You got Jean Criticos, which I'm saying about the wife, uh, uh, is the withered lover. You got uh, Race Clayton, the, the torn prince. You got uh, Dana Newman, the angry princess. You got Isabella Smith, the pilgrimess. You got the uh, Harold Shelburne, the great child. You got Margaret Shelburne, the dire mother. You got George Markley, the hammer. You got Ryan Coon, the jackal. And like I mentioned in the beginning, you got Horace Breaker Mahoney as the juggernaut. I mean, those are not the actors' names. That's the characters right there. They have different actors in there. But the, the fucking ghost, man. The FX in that movie was great. So I gotta repeat that. There's so much great shit about that. Just like you can't. It reminded me a lot of House on Haunted Hill. But mm-hmm. they're just awesome. Pete, have you ever watched the uh, the behind the scenes, the, the extras on the DVD? I haven't seen that in years. I remember watching it once. It's amazing because um, there's an audio commentary on on all the ghosts by Cyrus and the, the torn prince was my favorite. The ending was the bitch broke my heart. So I broke her neck. <laughs> and it was just, it was spot on for that character. And I'm like, damn, that was amazing. Hmm. But like I said, um, few, one of them became really famous too. I can't remember which one that, well, one of them that played the, the ghost. I can't remember who. It was the juggernaut. He's done a lot of um, film. He's done a lot of stuff after that fact. Um, yeah. Because uh, the the one chick, uh, the one ghost that was, um, I can't remember which one it was. Um, Naked chick. Ghost, yeah, the cut herself. She was a model at the time. Yeah. But the, the juggernaut went on to do a lot of movies after the fact because of his his height. He was so tall and he played a lot of roles that were like scary and demanding at the time hmm. they had a really good cast though too like besides amazing cast yeah yeah, yeah. This, was, 
This is a good movie. I really like this one as well. Yeah, it was a great, it's a great choice. I, that, yeah, like, that's one of my all-time horror films of all time, you know? <sighs> yeah, have you guys seen the original? Yeah. Um, I don't think I have, actually. That was, I think, was that think with I, uh, Vincent Price? It was Vincent Price, but I've not, it? actually have not seen it. In the 60s, it. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, I haven't seen it. It's sad, because I'm a Vincent Price fan. I love his movies. You know? Yeah, he's good. But no, I haven't gotten around to it. It's been on Spangoolie before a few times, I believe. Oh. All right, now I got to run off, so I'll be back. Okay. All right. We're all going to take turns. Okay. Um, all right, my number four uh, is a uh, movie. Uh, it's a mystery. It's a whodunit uh, based on a novel by Agatha Christie. And it is Ten Little Indians. Now, I'm going to point out the 1965 version because this got remade like five or six times. There's like a billion versions of this. It's crazy. Uh, but the version that I've seen growing up and that I enjoy and that I own is from 1965. Uh, and it's got uh, Fabian, who was like a singer back in the 60s. He was a, he was a famous singer, famous actor. Um, uh, Christopher Lee has a uncredited voice role in this movie. Um and a few other people that I'm not super familiar with, but that doesn't matter. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a it's a whodunit. It's a it's a mystery, and uh, it's it's sort of um, if you know the cliche mystery of a group of people goes to a mansion, and then one by one they get murdered, and then they got to figure out who's doing it. That's this is basically the, this movie. This was like one of the first like novels to do that, um, and it's Agatha Christie, so it was it was a mystery. Um, but the the thing about it was is that each um, well prior to uh, everyone getting killed, they noticed a uh, little poem, um, and I'm trying to find it, and the poem would coincidentally. Um, match up to all of the murders um so i'm trying to find it but it would be like you know 10 little indians and then there would be something about like uh like a like a cliff or something and then someone would die by falling off a cliff and then uh then there were nine little indians and then they would get shot or something like that it it went a lot more better than what i'm trying to do i can't find it for some reason but um but uh <coughs> excuse me uh but anyway it's in the book and um uh oh there it is okay so it's 10 little uh indians went out to dine one choked his little self and then there were nine nine little Indians sat up very late, one overslept, and then there were eight. So it was like, you know, one choked on food and they died. The other one got killed when they were sleeping. Uh, there's one about um, going out to sea. There's one about, you know, going to a zoo and they get killed by an animal and so on and so forth. So the cast is trying to figure out who is doing all these murders and why they're basing it on this poem that's established in the uh in the movie and um or 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 the book and it's a really good mystery because it leaves you questioning everything until 
the the like the last like five minutes. And then this movie, uh, since it was done in '65, uh, had a little gimmick uh, to it where they were gonna do what's called a who done it break, where they were gonna pause the movie about like five minutes before it was over. And then, like, something came on the screen, and it was like, do you know who did it? And they'd show, like, the people, and they'd be like, was it, you know, Anne Clyde, the secretary? Was it was it uh, Judge Arthur Cannon? Like, they would do this, uh, and then it would be like, discuss amongst yourselves who did it. And then they'd have, like, a timer. Uh, and then uh, once the timer was up, then they would go back to the movie, and then you would see if you were right or not. Um I fucking love this movie. I've always loved mysteries. I loved whodunits. Um, any kind of whodunit, mystery, movie, novel, whatever, uh, is totally up my speed. And when I discovered Clue as a kid, Jesus, my head like fucking exploded. Because it was like everything that I loved all in one. It was a comedy. It was a whodunit. It was based on a board game. It was just like... My God, if only they had like naked women in it, this would be like the perfect movie for me. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, my number four is the 1965 version of Ten Little Indians. And I recommend the book as well because I read the book. I'm going to be one of those pretentious douchebags. I read the book first, then I saw the movie. Um, and I'm actually not going to say that one was better than the other because both kind of has their, you know, their upsides. You know, the book goes into more details, but then the movie is actually very entertaining. So I'm going to recommend both. It was so, the butler. It was always the butler. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the butler. <clears throat> Damn you, Wadsworth. All right, Bill is back. So number four. All right. Number four. I have a tie, believe it or not. I don't believe it. <laughs> I threw you off with that first one only being one movie, I think. I know. Uh, I'm going to go with two movies that are kind of action and romance and drama, suspense. I'm talking about 1986, Top Gun, mm. and 1997. We just talked about this on a different podcast recently, Jason. Titanic. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> this is a this is indeed a hell of a rad movie from the nineties. Yes, hell of a rad. I probably would have forgot to include it had we not just discussed it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So it was fresh in my mind. Uh, All right, cool. Did you get to watch it? Because I know we you didn't get to watch it uh, before doing that show. So I don't know if you've had no, a chance I to still get to it. Uh, I don't blame you. It's a fucking three hour movie. Like when are <laughs> like when are you able to get to slide that in? I was just curious. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, I remember that I loved it enough to put it on here. So. <laughs> Good. Same Good. with Top Gun. I have, I can't even tell you what year I watched Top Gun last, but I know I loved it. Okay. Um, I I don't think it's come out yet. Top Gun Two. So I, otherwise, I no. I probably wouldn't have watched it yet. Anyway, it's so. it. It, it's it got pushed because of COVID. Like 
at least three times. Yeah, right like now. a lot of. I, I think they did say 2022 was going to be the year, but we'll see. <laughs> it's probably been done filming for ages. Ain't oh, they were, it was ready to go in 2020. <laughs> and then they had to push it. They pushed it to 2021 and then they pushed it again. And then now they said some, I think spring of 2022. So we will see. Yeah. The, the, the Top Gun, that's one, that was probably one of the first modern movies that got like in general stereotypically you know guys like action and stuff like that so it was the first movie that got like guys that were only in the action movies uh were kind of tricked into loving a a romantic movie (laughs) and uh girls that only will watch Romantic films uh, got into Top Gun and, and didn't look at it as a, as an action, you know. So they were both couples were able to enjoy it together very nicely, I think. And uh, and for us kids, it was just really cool. <laughs> we all like planes and fighting planes. Explosions. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And. I, I just remember my uh, my uncle Bob. Not not well. Jason knows this Bob, but Pete. This is a different Bob. How many Bobs uh, do you know? I, I you know <laughs> I call the Bob. You know Bobby usually, but at work we call him Bob. Uh, my other uncle Bob. He's my godfather too. He used to. Uh, that's like his favorite movie. And when I was a kid, I would go to to his house, and him and my aunt would put it on. And at the time, they had like the coolest, newest surround sound, like a like those bars or whatever. The they had that and stuff, and the speakers. And he would turn on the uh, the beginning of it, the Kenny Loggins. I'm a little kid I'm like oh wow it's so cool <laughs> uh, and you know and then it's like you got the the righteous brothers thing with, you know just like with ghosts you got the whole the romantic stuff in there and it's really good too it's just a really great movie all around, you know? But they're yeah. not making clay models with the stuff from Ghost, no? Not exactly. They were just <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> That's why they had to do that in Ghost. Yeah, they were like... You missed that one scene where they... Not they had like the, Top Gun. <laughs> they had the, the, the missile head on there and they were, you know, trying to just back and forth with it. The Righteous Brothers, for yeah, some reason, owned... Head the late 80s it was weird <laughs> like all their songs were just put into movies <laughs> yeah they ruled the 80s <laughs> they ruled, they ruled yeah, the they 80s were an older group and they... yeah they were from the 50s or 60s and they're fucking popping up in all these 80s Mafia movies related, i'm telling you you know what the like right. the 50s and 60s had like a kind of a comeback in the 80s i think it seemed like somewhat it somewhat did yeah absolutely yeah. like now we're getting to a comeback on the 60s with all something right. Yeah, we're even getting to a comeback in the 90s, I feel like. 
<laughs> there we are actually. Yeah, there is a '90s, you know, comeback. We got fanny packs back. You got a drama version of Fresh Prince of Bel Air now. True, that is very true. true. Uh, let's um. not discuss that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was your number four. Okay, anything else, Bill? That was painful. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, it's tied with Titanic. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You had a tie. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I forgot. But, you know, if people want to hear my thoughts on Titanic, they should go listen to... They should. It's yes. the bomb. Is, am I saying it right? That's the bomb, yo. <laughs> that's the bomb, yo. Uh, RabbitHolePodcast.com. Yeah. The episode we just recently did. We just did a few weeks ago. Yep. Absolutely. And the people uh, could hear my Titanic views there. That's true. Yeah, go go listen to that if you want to hear about Titanic. I'm kind of cheating here. Well, we do that once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Eh, I don't feel like all the time. Just go listen to me in this other uh, podcast <laughs> in this episode. If we did talk about it in another podcast, absolutely, yeah. we should go ahead and promote that podcast for sure. So, all right, good picks, dude. Good picks. Uh, number threes, Rob. Number three. My number three. I gotta, gotta get ready for this. Get sad for? You're gonna get sad? Uh, Don't get sad. I'm not gonna. Actually, it kind of was a sad film. It, it had some sad parts to it. Oh. So uh, my number three was back from 1992. Um, it was directed by Lev, uh, Barry Levinson and written by Valerie Curtin and Barry Levinson. Um, it had an amazing cast. I'm gonna name some people here, and you guys are gonna know. Right off the bat, what I'm talking about, uh, we got Robin Williams, got Joanne Joan Cusack, uh, LL Cool J, Robin Wright, um, Michael Gambon. <laughs> really? Michael Gambon, who was Professor Dumbledore, and um, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. My number no. three, 1992's Toys. Wow. Amazing! God, film. I don't. I didn't think anyone else on the face of the planet remembered toys. I like love. That. I love this movie. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, this movie was kind of a bomb. It was kind of a flop. Um, mm-hmm. Budgeted at about forty-three million, and it only grossed twenty-three worldwide. So, um, if nobody's ever seen this, first off, where have you been? nobody's seen this only me and you i think so <laughs> i know of it yeah, i know of it. I, I had this i had this vhs when i was a kid i had it too i, I had VHS. I, yeah jesus so, christ Robin williams plays a character called leslie zevo um who's part of the zevo family toys um the uh the father kenneth passes away and um he wills the company to his brother, which is um, uh, Leland, and that, that's the character played by uh, Sir Michael Gambon. Um, and he kind of takes it over and he kind of turns it into like, the military style um, toy factory. But he kind of progresses it to try to make it towards like a, a war zone, basically, because, you know, he's part of, he's, he's from a military lifestyle. So he's thinking like, I could turn this and I could turn this this company into a sort of sort, you know, military training facility. And, um, you know, Leslie kind of takes up the reins and says, no, I'm going to stop you. Um, what's really funny is Joanne Cusack is the sister of both characters, but she plays a robot. Um, it was the theatrical debut of Jamie Foxx. It was his first, um, he was, you know, from In Living Color. And this was his first um, film ever done, you know. Um, 
a couple funny things about this. Uh, so the scene where uh, Leslie Robin Williams is talking to like his, he's got that one scene where he's doing like a patent. You know, he's talking to his uh, his uh, his military. You know, he's like talking to his military toys. That was all Robin Williams. Once again, he does a lot of ad lib throughout a lot of his movies, so he ad libbed all that. Um, the film itself, I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, Jay, you remember it. You remember how weird it was, right? Oh my uh, god, it was fucking weird. The <laughs> it was much, really weird. It was bizarre, especially the music video that was in in the movie itself. That was actually the the music video was actually performed by Robin Williams and Joanne Cusack. And it was MTV styled. Um, that and the film itself kind of took and drew inspiration from the surrealist painter Rene Marguet. Um, I probably mispronounced his name. M-A-R-G-I-T-T-E. Um, so a lot of the, the movie, the, the pastel colors, the, the really weird um, like patterns that the entire movie was all done um, in kind of uh, Rene's um, realism style paintings. And this, um, so what was really sad about this movie, the reason why, why it bombed the most is because it took, um, once again, this was one of the movies where it took 10 years to develop the film um, from the concept of it to the actual release. And it was, um, it was shortly, re- it was released about a month after Aladdin was released. So it bombed. Like in the theaters, it just went, it took a nosedive off of the 13th story and just hit the pavement because Aladdin was so popular. And because of that situation, Rob Williams was like, look, you know, I want you, I want you to take my name out of, um, keep my name out of the marketing for Aladdin because I'm doing this movie. And Disney's like, oh yeah, sure, sure. But they lied. They didn't do it at all. You know, they're like, Robin Williams, main name, boom. And because of that, because of that little break right there, that was like one of the last films that Robin Williams did with Disney. He's like, look, you guys lied to me. I'm not going to do this. I really had my heart and soul on toys. You guys just killed it, you know. But if you guys have not seen toys, it is a damn good film. Um it's a very heartfelt story. It's about family. It's about love. It's about honoring the wishes of, you know, your predecessors. Um, one of uh, the last thing I'm going to mention about it is I, I think I remember this. Um, so in there's in the scene in the beginning, um, uh, Kenneth passes away in his memorial is this cute little, little elephant um, that blows bubbles. I think that actually still is in uh, uh, Universal Studios. In one of the back lots. Um, I may be wrong about this, but yeah, but my number three, um, Robin Williams toys. Damn good movie. Yeah, it's really weird though. It's, it's I still really gotta watch movie. it. It's I'm weird. a big I'm a big Robin Williams fan. <clears throat> so I have to uh, still that 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 I, I totally forgot about that movie. It's it, it I mean it's good. I liked it. It was just very weird, a little surreal. Um, that you know, the surrealism was because of the, the painter Rene. You know, they, they took a lot of his inspiration, and it that probably freaked a lot of people out. Um, 
but it was like overall like i said it was just it was one of those movies where it's a great kids it's a it's a great family film despite the dark content built into it you know it's yeah. a great movie yeah i suppose yeah don't you suppose you you self-righteous <laughs> i can't see that being a family film oh That's look at me i'm jason i suppose I indeed that that was a good impersonation to me man i thought that was me for a second man i thought you were my clone jesus you scared me all right pete what's your number three? Oh, oh i'll make it a prop real quick oh jeez. Oh, not not the one from earlier this is a different one uh, and people see the one i'm talking about later on oh, um giant dildo if you like this guy right oh, here I love that film. if you if you like this one here um yeah that's loki my friend but that's not the <laughs> Uh, if you it's like, low key, uh, low key. Yeah. oh, low key, yeah. what we have here? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm being low key right now, you know. Low yeah, key. I'll say. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, my number three is from the books of Asgard, and that is the Thor movie, which was uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. If you know what I'm saying, he usually doesn't do superhero movies, Kenneth Branagh. But yeah. he directed this one, which was a very, very great Marvel film. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well casted too, because if you read the comic, <clears throat> you, you know, there's not many comic book movies that have the characters look like the characters in the comic. Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, of course, as you know, uh, plays Thor. In the comic, he looks just like Thor. I mean, wonderfully done. Then you got your um, Anthony. Uh, I can't say it. Here, Anthony Hopkins, who plays his father. Anthony. Right, Odin. If you Anthony see, Hopkins, got turned down for the part. I believe. Huh? <laughs> who did? Anthony. But anyways, from the uh, toy itself, right there, Loki was uh, Tom Hiddleston, of course. Uh, Good old Hillson. Uh, you got Natalie Portman in that movie as uh, uh, not Jodie Foster, but Jane Foster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you had a whole bunch of good people in there. Stellan Skarsgård. You had Calm Fur. You had your Idris Elba. Oh God, you had your Cat Dennings in that movie. And did you see the promotional thing that she did that the uh, picture? Uh, but anyways, I'll go back to that later. Uh, <laughs> um. The movie basically itself is uh, Thor comes to Earth, pretty much. Like, you know, and uh, he's banished from Asgard, pretty much uh, from Odin. Uh, and, and he's got his powers taken away, and he has to prove himself that he can get his powers back. And it's all due to stuff that Loki did. And then uh, you have, like, the uh, ISO. Um, oh, God, I can't think of that. Um, let me look at my notes real quick. Like I said, I'm usually better than this. Uh, you had uh, King of the Frost Giants, Lafoy, and uh, of course, like I said, Loki working together. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this movie. A lot of action, a lot of uh, um, good marvel things, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I got too much to say on it. I'll try to keep it short. Um, but yeah, like I said, you had your good old Stanley cameo. But I always say random things, and I got one for you. Two comic book guys were in that movie. And I would say comic book people. I mean, actually, people like, like artists, writer, whatever. Uh, you had your J. Michael uh, 
Straczynski and Walter Simonson. Now, if you ever seen a uh, uh, comic book man, you know who Walter Simonson is because he would popped up on there several times. But uh, now, like I said, I had to say it real quick because uh, I have a lot to say. I just want to keep it short. So that's my number three, Thor. Yeah, I I enjoyed the first movie, and I definitely enjoyed the third movie. Yeah. Uh, the second one can seem rushed. It seemed way too rushed. So, yeah, the second one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that good. The, the fourth one I'm looking for. Me too. Yeah. A, the whole thing's a bit of a Thor subject for me. <laughs> you know who's in the new one, right? Him and Phil. Christian Bale is going to be the villain. Ooh, see Patrick Bateman. Uh, uh, the God, uh, the God. Is he gonna God. run around with a chainsaw? No, a look, chainsaw. What? I'm gonna look forward That's to that. Motherfucking chainsaw. What? Is he gonna <laughs> talk like this? Hey Thor, look at this. Sorry. Do you listen to Thanos? Uh, I seen a video on that earlier. There was a guy that looked like Thanos on the. Uh, it was on TikTok. They had, they found a double. And they said, you look like Thanos. And he said some line from the movie and stuff. It was funny as hell. The guy yeah. actually looked like the character, swear to God. Like a butt chin and hell. everything? Yeah. Ooh, I feel sorry wow. for that guy. He was purple. Man. He wasn't Jesus. purple. No. A giant purple guy with a gauntlet full of stones. God, I feel sorry for that guy. No, no, no. no. I mean, I'm just saying, like, without the purple. All right. Purple. All right, my number three is a tie again. Um... Uh, so people in your ties, come on. Hey, these were really hard, right? Okay. So, um, so the first movie's kind of a time travel movie, but it's more of a a time loop, really. More, it's 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 gonna actually our friend Bubba Wheat, who has a time loop podcast called "It's Time to Rewind," uh, is gonna be covering this movie uh, next season. Um. But uh, it's called Triangle, and um, this is a movie that's kind of kind of has a cult following. <clears throat> uh, it's a it focuses on this woman who uh, gets invited. Um, <clears throat> the beginning of this is gonna sound like Gilligan's Island. <laughs> she gets invited <laughs> onto a boat uh, to go uh, to go boating, and then uh, a giant storm. Uh, shows up and it capsizes the boat and then they get lost at sea but instead of going to an island uh, they find a giant cruise ship <clears throat> so they climb onto the cruise ship and they find that the ship is completely empty there's nobody on board it's completely abandoned there's nobody around so they're kind of investigating 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 <clears throat> and then the main woman that we're following um starts going through a time loop things start kind of repeating um she starts noticing other versions of herself and the people that came onto the boat and um so this is kind of hard to movie explain so basically things just start getting really weird and crazy because of all this and this continues looping like things keep looping uh, they keep finding dead bodies of themselves on board. Um, something one version of them did infects, uh, affects, affects 
not infect, affect uh, another version of themselves. It's a really wild movie. It's really awesome. And it's, you know, it's one of those movies you kind of have to watch like a couple times to kind of catch everything. Um, and it wasn't until like my second or third time that I noticed a certain thing that I don't want to spoil. Spoil um, it. Spoil it. <clears throat> no, because if anyone wants to see it, I, I want them to discover it organically. So, <clears throat> but there's, there's there's a thing that I didn't notice until like my third time watching. And I was like, oh, okay. I wonder what that means. That's interesting. So, um, anywho, that's Triangle. That's one of my movies. The second movie I don't probably got to talk a lot about. It might even show up on someone's list here. And that's going to be The Thing. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, classic, classic, classic movie. Uh, great body horror. Um, you got this alien who's uh, who can infect people. And then they start turning into creatures. And there's a lot of paranoia. And you don't know... Who's, you know, who's the infected? Who's the one? And actually, I got it right here. Mm. You weren't there supposed is to a use great, it has the word the in it. There's a great board game I wasn't going to say anything, Rob, but I was thinking it. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> shut up, you guys. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, there's a great board game right here. It, this is like one of my like my favorite board games. It's and amazing. They did, they it's did a really good game. job. They did a good job, like capturing the paranoia. That's like the main thing about this game is capturing the paranoia, uh, because you start off just just really quickly. You start the game off handing out these cards, and it tells you if you're infected or if you're not infected, and then you have to go on these missions. And then people are suddenly lying. Well, I don't know if I want. Like, I don't know if I want Pete to go with me because he's been kind of <laughs> acting weird. So I don't know if I want him to go on my mission, but then ends up being Rob. So, you know, <laughs> so it's a fun, it's a fun game. I'm always a toaster. You're always a goddamn toaster. Um, and anyway, uh, yeah, so that's the thing. I probably don't need to say much about so, it. So, Jason, let me ask you a couple questions here. Um, do okay. you know what that board game is based the movie the movie is based off of the you know the book yeah i yeah i know it's uh, uh who goes there i've not i've not read it and um or anything like that but uh the movie the john carpenter is based on a 1953 movie called uh the thing from another world mm-hmm. um and uh, uh i've actually seen that movie it's actually a good movie too for you know for its time. It's it's a good 50s sci-fi uh, movie. It's more it's more of like a monster, like a creature feature type thing because it actually has like a giant alien coming through like the the uh, you know the 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 station whatever. I almost said space station, but they're not in space. The Antarctica station, I guess. In I don't know what to call space. it. <laughs> but uh yeah so anyway uh man number three is a triangle and the thing you know it's the really video funny. game is great what's really funny <clears throat> about the thing um it's based off of that it was just based off of the novella who goes there and i own both jason you and i both own the thing but i own the board game who goes there which was done yeah. by certifiable studios yeah i've played that that's also an amazing board game um the thing 
on this how to play. Who gives there? It's a little more meaty. It's a little more. Yeah. Um, there's a lot a more to more do. Cerebral. Cerebral, yeah. But yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to let them know that I talked about them. That way they can give us some sponsorship. <laughs> well, when we covered the thing on uh, Cinegamer, another rabbit hole podcast. We're bringing up Jesse? all the other podcasts on this one. Uh, we'll, we will we will cover that. So, All right, uh, Bill, I'm going to let you do your number three, but I do have to run as well for a minute. So well, proceed. Uh, why is everybody running? Is everybody taking pee breaks? I want to know, uh, Pete and Jason, are you guys getting uh... – Notifications for the good time in the podcast to leave. You're using what? run P. Ah, yeah. Yeah, my run P is telling me this is a perfect time to go to the bathroom. So awesome. <laughs> I'm just using a bottle. I mean, See, my, mine didn't work. My, <laughs> nice. That's that noise I hear. No, can't. <laughs> mine didn't work because it's run P, not run to see why your dog puked everywhere. Oh, oh, poor puppers, yeah. poor puppers. Hope his puppers better. Yeah. I think he's all right, though. Uh, I swear, I thought you were going to say, not run. Why is my kid puking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. That would be even more. Yeah. Uh, oh, I hate to even say this one without Jason here because I know how much he's going to love to hear this pick. Oh, screw him. I'm, I'm being very sarcastic because he hates this movie with a passion. <laughs> what's your number three? What, what's the movie he hates so much? Uh, for my number three, I have Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> uh, I'm huh? serious. <laughs> I'm very serious. I know I joke a lot and try and trick you guys. I I love the Twilight movies as much as Jason hates them. <laughs> and I I can't I probably, believe you believe in crystal vampires, man. I do, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. Speak of the devil, here here he comes. Continue. Okay, for whatever reason, you haven't popped up on my thing at all. Like, I, that sounded so wrong. Uh, you haven't popped up my thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's because that's because I'm going to do, I made a joke about inside jokes, or I'm going to make another one. Bill, that's because Bean's coming out. <laughs> I had to do it. It's so unrelated, too. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no one said it had to be related. True. Um, no, for real though, for whatever reason, I have not seen you on the screen once. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah, you weren't here. You weren't here at the beginning. I hope. First off, I hope you actually did your number three and you didn't wait for me to come back because that's we going to be really annoying. We were in the uh, process. Secondly, yeah. I said at the beginning that, and you weren't here. Um, I can't have the live stream and the Zoom, uh, my camera on on both. Oh, okay. So I recommend it to these guys. If you want to see me, you need to go to twitch.tv slash rabbit hole pods and you can see me gotcha. uh, on there. But you're not going to see me on the Zoom window. So, anywho, continue with whatever you were saying. Well, as oh, I was... God said, he was talking about crystallization. 
Yeah, I was discussing <laughs> one of my favorite movies that I just know you love. Twilight oh Breaking Dawn Part Two. Oh, Jesus fucking! <laughs> I'm shutting. I'm shutting this down. No, nope, this is done. Streams over. Say goodbye. <laughs> Say goodbye. Oh god. Oh my god. Fuck those movies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> you only put that on there to troll me. I know you did. <laughs> Where did the banana come from? Uh, 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 she said, <laughs> "I don't know where." Bill just pulls out a banana. He's like, <laughs> "He just pulls out a banana." The way you said it, he just pulls out. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about stupid Twilight and stupid sparkly <laughs> vampires and. Stupid werewolves who have a thing for babies, and I don't know what the fuck else happened. Go ahead. Well, as much as you hate it for all the right or wrong reasons or whatever, <laughs> I love the Twilight series, as you may or may not have known. I know Pete and Rob probably didn't know, and they seem kind of shocked, too. Um, I was shocked when you pulled out the banana. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you sick bastard! I'm staying quiet, so you you got the floor, Bill. I, I want this over with. So just go. It's not the first time I've pulled one out. <laughs> I tried so hard to not laugh and say that. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Twi- <laughs> I. Kind of like with the, the R's. I wanted to just put pick five out of the six Rockies at first, and it, I know that's I know you guys are probably getting sick to your stomach thinking of comparing Rocky and Twilight, but uh, <laughs> or like it crossed my mind to put just Star Trek or Star Wars on the S at one point too. I I considered just putting the five Twilight movies. <laughs> but I didn't want to give Jason like a heart attack or stroke or <laughs> so I just went with this one uh, I see Jason taking a rope just throwing it and then hanging himself right now yeah see Jason I did you a favor but I only put one <laughs> just for you <laughs> and that's after compromising with the <laughs> All right, you know what? Fair enough. Okay, you got me. You let me have the no the rule. I'll let you have fucking Twilight. <laughs> I'll I'll just say uh, I'll, I'll make it short since everyone hates it so much. Uh, I went with the last uh, one because um the the first four. It, the plot was building up in each one more and more. And the fifth one is when everything kind of comes together and the most stuff happens or at least seems like it's happening. If you've seen it, you know what I mean. Uh, there's there's the fighting or not fighting. And... Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's... All I'm going to say is he looks to like be a bad, a badass Batman. That's all I'm saying. Yes. We talked about Batman earlier. He looks like a badass Batman. I have nothing against Robert Pattinson as a person. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fine person. He's an amazing Kristen, actor. Kristen Stewart is hot, so I have nothing against the actors. It's okay. just the fucking movie. It's the book, the screenplay. All that is terrible. <laughs> I, I disagree, but that's fine. Yeah, I it's fine. I it's perfectly don't fine. I disagree as passionately as you do about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I agree. It is absolutely I fine. Hate it and here's why. List all the reasons. To be fair, Ooh, I've only seen the because... first one. I've seen the first two, and then I had enough. <laughs> I got pissed off, like I said, when I heard they had crystallized vampires and stuff and all that other crap. And then it was a lovey dovey story. I said, "This is hmm. not a vampire movie." Not I'm, I'm gonna say. I love you, but I'm gonna I say. Decide. I'm gonna say one positive thing about it. It is one of the best riff tracks I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> riff tracks did an amazing job ripping this movie to shreds. <laughs> it's my top. It's up there with like their version, their take on the room. Their take on the room was amazing. Their take on Twilight is amazing. So I'm going to say that. If it wasn't for Twilight, we wouldn't have gotten this amazing riff tracks out of it. So I'm going to say that. That's my positive be, thing. I'm probably going to be real stubborn and hard-headed and never watch that. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'll take it is hilarious. Anywho, uh, anything else to say? Uh, what was it? There was something. Dang it. I was definitely going to say something. I don't remember. Well, while you're thinking about it, I'm just going to say this. I am mildly disappointed that you like these movies. As he he eats a banana. But it's perfectly fine that you do like the movies because we all have different tastes. But we all have different tastes, so... Ah. It's it's perfectly okay. I am just disappointed. That's all. Thank you. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, it's okay. That's along the lines of what I forgot. I was gonna say. So I was gonna say. For people that have been listening, you probably kind of picked up on it by now. But I like a lot of stuff that you know, probably the rest of the co-hosts of mine don't like. Like, I like, I'm real into romantic comedies. I know Jason at least hates them with a passion. I'm not sure we about, about you guys. The, we talked about that, too, on the Titanic uh, yep. <laughs> episode. I'm, I'm into musicals, and Rob, I know, hates them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I just uh, think musicals are okay. I, I don't hate Nobody them. breaks out the song and dance every five minutes of their lives. <laughs> I did be like, well, you know, Nobody's Johnny was a shit. good guy, and Johnny died nice in a car crash, but then Johnny was good. You know, it's like, no. <laughs> Nobody is sitting there on the toilet taking a shit, and then out of nowhere, da, 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 my bowels are not working properly. <laughs> <laughs> I need to call the doctor. 
Uh, coming next fall, Constipation the Musical. <laughs> Written by Rob Branch. <laughs> and starring Rob Branch. Doesn't know it yet. And then I come in the final act to say, end your constipation with one of these. <laughs> <laughs> For the audio version of this, Bill's eating a banana. <laughs> For the audio people who are always sit us in the audio. And see. Alright, we need to move on. So alright, Twilight, whatever, whatever, number three. Okay, Rob, what's your number two? Okay, before I say my number two, um, like I said, I've never seen anything past the first Twilight, and I thought that the baseball scene in the first Twilight was amazing. It was it was awesome. Um all right. but after that, it just lost my interest. So my number two. Was a 1984 film. Um, I'm going back almost uh, 20 years. Um, starring a young Val Kilmer, uh, Lucy Guterich, who really didn't do anything after '93, and it also starred Grand Moff Tarkin. That's right. It starred Peter Cushing. It was 1984's Top Secret, directed oh. and written by Jim Abrams, I... Dave, and Jerry Zucker. So. This movie was fucking phenomenal. Yes. So it was budgeted for about $9 million and it grossed over $20 million. So it made twice its value. Um, this movie was during Zucker, Zucker and Abrams' like highlight of their, their genre, their, their movie phenomenals. They were spoofing movies and most notably they were spoofing Elvis films at this time. So Val Kilmer plays Nick Rivers, who's a um, kind of a World War II spy, and he's a handsome 50s rock and roll movie star, you know? Um, so while he's performing in East Germany, he gets caught up in the resistance. He ends up falling in love with a beautiful heroine, which is played by uh, Lucy Goodridge, which she really didn't do a lot of stuff after, like, 1993. Um, but she, he, they become involved with the British resistance, and it's just, it's, it, there's just a whole bunch of zany, just insane that ensues after this. Um, a couple of notable things. So the songs that Val Kilmer that sang during the movie, he actually, Val Kilmer did sing these movies during the movie. In, um, in the soundtrack, when the soundtrack was released in 1984, it was actually released and Val Kilmer's name was Nick Rivers. So he sang the movies and then they the the zuckers and abrams thought this would be amazing if we just titled nick rivers you know um the most noble scene which where peter cushing is involved in is the one scene where the entire uh scene from beginning to end is it was shot um it was uh it was staged it was shot and then it was ran backwards throughout the entire scene it's the scene where they're in the they're in the swedish uh, bookstore and they're talking in reverse and everything is happening in reverse so you know they have the book and then they catch it and they're like this and they throw it back up you know that was all shot and then when they go to edit it they edit it in reverse they reverse the entire <clears throat> scene but they had the script so they knew what to put down in the subtitles. Um, a couple other things about the subtitles, 
really funny. Like a lot of people don't realize this, that there are so many insults throughout the entire movie. Very subtle insults. Like the, the one scene, there's a, there's a book. If you, in the bookstore, its title is in Swedish, but it is um, translated to Lesbian Bars of the North Carolina. <laughs> i'm not joking about this it's it's dead serious no i and believe it there's this one scene where the german officers pick up uh, the giant phone and you can hear them say oh god i'm gonna mess this up but my, I'm, I'm gonna try and do my best german here oh boy since sean then do do the math arschl uh was is uh, not not arschl um Achloss, which translated to <clears throat> They're already gone, you stupid asshole. <laughs> so there are a lot of... <laughs> I gotta give props to the Abrams and to the Zuckers because when they did the insults in the movie, they're phenomenal. Like if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't speak uh, Swedish and you don't speak German, you're going to listen to these and they're like, oh, okay. But if you pick up on the subtle, they're, they're beautiful Easter eggs. And the the most the one of the funniest things. Um, so we're talking about the the one scene in the bookstore. Um, Peter Cushing is I don't know if you guys know he he was Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars, but he had a huge acting career before that. Um, oh, yeah. A lot a lot of black and white films. A lot of Dracula so, films. Exactly yeah. a lot of Dracula films. He was an amazing actor. Um, so there's this one scene in the. Uh, in the the bookstore where he's got the spyglass right and it's up to his eye and he takes away the spyglass but his eye is still the same size as the spyglass <laughs> it's a parody shot of his um his scene from terence fisher's the curse of frankenstein back in 1957 so if you guys if you guys have never seen if nobody has ever seen the curse of frankenstein directed by terence fisher back in 1957 I recommend you watch it. It's an amazing black and white film. And if you've seen Top Secret, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But the last thing, um, kind of a funny part, because cows are a, uh, excuse me there, cows are kind of a joke throughout the entire movie. Um, there's a cow on the cover of Top Secret. There's one part in the movie where a cow is literally walking with boots on. Um, and that's not the thing. Cows hate boots. Cows hate anything on their hooves. <laughs> so what they did was they took boots, they cut the bottoms of the boots off, and they put Velcros on <clears throat> the boots, on the bottom parts. So it looks like the cow is actually walking with boots. Cows hate having things put on their feet. It's just kind of a phobia, kind of like people with human spiders, you know? Um, hold on one second. Get down, you little shit. Get down, cat. My cat was literally about to turn my computer off, and he would have lost me. Oh. Sorry about that. Like he was, he was perching, and he was like, oh, but, but yeah, live, so, folks. We are live. live. We are live. I have cats. I am that cat guy. Screw you if you don't like them. Yeah, my number two, one of my all-time top movies. I will love it till the day I die. I will probably be buried with a DVD version of this. <laughs> um, if I'm not buried, I will be cremated with it. It is 1984's Top Secret. Secret. Yeah, I love that movie. That is so funny. I, I love the. I love the 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 train whoa, 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 scene whoa, whoa, whoa. where. <laughs> Who said they didn't see it? 
I didn't. Pete, get the hell out of here right now. <laughs> I love the the train scene where they're sitting in the train, and then the you think the train's moving, but it's actually the background. <laughs> they're carrying the they're carrying the train station. <laughs> like I love that part. <laughs> it's yeah, it's an awesome movie. Killers, I love those. His, their face was throughout that scene. They were just so they were so just very yeah. Scared. They filmed it seriously. Yeah, that's what was so good about that. That's kind of what's good about like the airplane movies and all those movies. Yes. Like the actors take what they're doing seriously, but they're doing goofy shit, and that that adds like another level of humor to it as well. It's it's like the, like like Gun is like one of my favorite movies, and Leslie Nielsen's seriousness in all those movies like kills me. It's it's yeah, I love all those good movies. Awesome, good pick, man. Good pick, uh, Pete. Number two. Mine? Make it good. Make it good, Pete. Oh, it's really good. Really good. It is a James Cameron fucking classic. Ooh. Get down on the chopper! This is the wrong movie. Don't talk about the chopper. It's the Terminator. The Terminator. <laughs> but, the, uh, yeah, uh, I love this movie from 1984, man. That was like... Michael Bean plays um, the guy sent back to get the Arnold's character too. You know, not the, and uh, you got Linda Hamilton. And, you know, it, it's dubbed science fiction action, but if you notice too, it's a lot of horror in that one specifically, the original, because the robot they did for for Arnold back that for the first one was just badass. I mean, a T two had a really good. Uh, a robot for him after he got all demolished and all that stuff in that one. But, oh, man, you, you see the shit in this one. It's like the FX, everything was badass. You, it was, time it was John yeah. Carpenter-ish. Or like, it wasn't James Cameron-ish. It was John Carpenter feel. Like, you know, you know, it, it's talking about James John Carpenter. Because, you know, that's what I'm saying. James Cameron made the movie. James Cameron. <laughs> Sorry, you know go on, go on, be. I'm sorry, my apologies. Yeah, so, so you know, but it didn't feel like that type of movie, as you know, like you know, it felt more horror film, and 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 it just was badass and action all the way through. Linda Hamilton looked more scared than she did in any other movie in the Terminator franchise, of course, because it was original, you know. So I I I, I always love watching this, and that's my short review for Terminator. It's a classic. Very good. I have to agree. Seen... That's a scary, scary movie, that first one. Has everybody <laughs> seen all of the Terminator movies? Yes. I've seen the first three and then Genesis. I think they're, I've seen all but one. They're really interesting if you watch them all together, like one after another. The, the timeline that they create, sometimes they overlap and sometimes they just go like off to a different branch, but it's really interesting. Yeah, like, well, I guess kind of spoilerish. Genesis sort of erases all the previous movies. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. I won't yeah. spoil anything. That's else, the one with but... Matt Smith, right? Uh, yes, with the yes, doctor. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in it. Yep. And uh, uh what's your name from uh, Game of Thrones? Um, yes, Emma Stone. No, uh, oh my God, what is her real name? Amelia Emma, Clark. Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Yeah. Amelia sorry, Clark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Amelia, was an okay. Emily, she was an okay. I'm sorry. She was an okay Sarah Connor. Not the best one, but she was. She was good. Sarah Connor, come here when you want to live. <laughs> come All right. Here you want to live. My number two 
uh, we have come to my time travel picks. So um, I limited myself to two because, again, I really could have made all of these time travel movies, but I didn't want to do that. Okay, another tie. So, Rob, get mad at me. (laughs) I'm so Um, angry. Are you in a glass case of emotion? Um, So much anger in this box. Nothing nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. Okay, one of these is a very, another, I have a lot of underrated movies on my list. You do. Um, uh, This is also very underrated. I actually introduced this movie to Bill, and Bill loved this movie so much that I think, if I remember correctly, you borrowed it a little bit longer so never you can watch it. it. Never returned it. No, he did return <laughs> it, but he kept it a little bit longer because he wanted to keep watching it, and I don't blame him. Cause the first time I seen this, I immediately stopped it when it was over, and I watched it again, like just immediately. And I never do that. And I'm talking about Time Crimes. I fucking love this movie. This is one of my favorite time travel movies. Never heard of it. Um. It's from uh, it's from Spain. Uh, it's it's uh, it's um, uh, subtitled. It's got subtitles in it, and um, I gotta look up the guy's name. But uh, the director, uh, he's gone on to uh, direct some American stuff. Um, he went on to do uh, Colossal. Uh, if you remember Colossal, the movie with uh, Anne Hathaway. Every time she gets drunk, a giant monster appears in Tokyo and starts killing people that he did that movie uh he did um open windows and their favorite movies of mine um and i'm trying to see what else he did his name is uh uh, nacho uh vigilando that's his name he's from spain and true story i'm not shit bullshitting you i would never lie to you you guys are my friends i would never lie to you yes you would i made a youtube video parroting this movie and the director saw it and retweeted it. Oh, nice! That's fucking awesome. And I was like, nice. "Fuck yeah, yeah, that was awesome." <laughs> uh, so, time crimes. I'm gonna be really quickly about this. I don't want. Sp- I don't want to spoil it. So, it's, it involves this guy named Hector. Uh, he's moving into this house with his wife, and he notices some. Uh, he notices a naked woman in the woods behind his house. So he goes to investigate. And uh, he ends up getting chased by this uh, masked guy in a trench coat. And he gets chased to this, um, like, it's like a, 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 I don't know what to call it. It's like, it's a building that's just up in a hill somewhere. And he runs inside because he's being chased by this guy in a mask. And uh, the, the there's this guy inside this building who's actually played by the director, uh, Nacho Viglando. And, um... He tells the guy, he tells Hector, hey, get into this, um, uh, it's basically like a, it's like a giant hot tub. It's almost like hot tub time machine, but before it was hot tub time machine. Um, but he gets to this big giant, he gets to this big giant, what I'll call a hot tub. And then, um, he suddenly finds himself thrown backwards in time to earlier that day. And he finds out, because it was at night when he was being chased, and then he goes back to earlier that morning. And then he sees himself in the house, and um, and then he sees the naked girl, and then uh, then he realizes that all the stuff that he was that was happening to him 
that led him to the building was caused by him. He was the one doing all this stuff. So, and I'm going to stop there because then there's a twist. I don't want to ruin the twist, but it is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's really great. The time travel is actually spot on. It's, it's why it's one of my favorites because they get the time travel like perfect. A lot of movies don't get time travel. Perfect. This one does it phenomenally. Um, and it's it's kind of funny in some parts, um, kind of kind of dark in other parts, and it's just great. Not a lot of people talk about it for some reason. Uh, so that's Time Crimes, and in my second movie, can I guess? Uh, it's can a, I guess? Sure. Time Cop. No, I I struggled. I wanted Shit. to put, but okay. But here, hang on. I'm gonna talk about Time Cop on That's the Bomb Yo, so I kinda wanted to save it for that. So Fair, fair. Um No, my pick is a is a classic movie. And um it's kind of one of the few it's one of it's one of the movies that makes me think of my mom. And cause she introduced this to me because she was she was the reason why I got into time travel, you know, the concept of time travel. She built a time um, machine? She did. We we spent years time traveling together. No, um, no, she was also a time travel nerd like I am, and she introduced me to Doctor Who. That's awesome. And um, Back to the Future, and this movie, which is The Time Machine, from uh, nineteen sixty three. I want to say nineteen sixty three. Um, it is based on H. G. Wells' novel of the same name, and uh, it's actually a pretty good, um, good movie. Uh, it's a good movie. It's a great movie, but it's also a good transition from book to screen. It's pretty spot on because I read the book uh, a little bit later in life and it's pretty, it follows like the same story and everything. So it's actually, uh, really good. Uh, it involves this guy named George who, uh, invents a time machine and, uh, he ends up, he, he's in the, uh, 1800s. It's actually 1899. We're going to party like it's 1899. <laughs> And uh, um, he runs a time machine, and then he starts going to the future. And he stops off like you know he goes through all the major events like World War One, World War Two. Uh, then like in like the late sixties, there's this big nuclear war that happens, and it like causes the Earth to like be ruined for like thousands and thousands of years. Until he finds himself like far, 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 far in the future. It's like the year eighty thousand. And then he finds he stops and he finds this peaceful race of people named the Eloy, uh, but they're being stalked by the Molochs. And then hilarity ensues from there. Um, I fucking love this movie. Like seriously, this is oh my god! I can't even tell you how much I love it. I, what about I Jason, Jason, what about the two thousand two version with uh, Samantha Mumba? And, it's uh, okay. It, I didn't hate it. God. I didn't hate it. Uh, Bill, I don't know if you remember, me and you went and saw the remake in theaters, um, oh. and I, I don't know what you thought, but I didn't hate it. I actually thought it was, yeah. it, it was okay by itself. You know what I mean? It like, was, you know, yes, if you, if yes. you don't, if you don't compare the two and just kind of make it its own thing, it's actually not that bad. I was going to bring that up, actually. I really did enjoy that a lot. But I Yeah, still, I didn't think it was that bad. I still yeah. haven't watched the original. I thought I made, I thought I showed, I, no, I, I'm pretty sure I showed the original this to you. Good. I'm you on the original? I'm pretty sure I, I, 
because it was when I was uh, sorry to everyone out there. This is like a me and Bill conversation right now. <laughs> Bill, it was when I was living with my grandma at the trailer. You hear that, park. Pete? We don't matter, so let's leave. <laughs> remember? No, <laughs> sorry, but Bill, do you remember? Yeah, it was when I was uh, you uh, you came over one time, and I think I just got it then on DVD, and I'm fairly confident I remember showing this to you. No, uh, I came over there a bunch of times. Not just one time. <laughs> ah, that's right. It was more okay. You came over three times. <laughs> no, but no, but seriously, I did show this to you. I'm man. I I know I did. I'm very very confident that I showed this to you. You know, I remember. Word, I just don't remember for some reason. I'm, I think if you were to go back to watch it, it'll probably be like, oh yeah, I did see this. But I definitely remember going to the show to see the. We did version. see that. Yeah, we saw the the remake in the in the theater. And again, I think it's. Just okay. It's not like the best movie in the world. I liked um, it a lot, but it's it was good. Yeah, it was good for what it was. But I'm I'm putting the original on my list because it's the it's my favorite. It's it's my favorite, and uh, great performances. Actually, pretty good effects for that time. Um, the time traveling effects was pretty good. Uh, the 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 monster makeup on the on the Molochs, holy shit, were they terrifying? <laughs> like they were creepy as fuck. Um, so yeah, there you go. My my number two is uh Time Crimes, which everyone needs to go see, and the Time Machine from nineteen sixty. I would love to see the sixties version of that. I will have to, you know what? I need to start making a list because I keep saying I'm going to There are a lot stuff. of things that you have told me to like. <laughs> and I can't remember watch. them all. I'm going to write, I'm going to actually save this file that I'm using. Here, loan. Loan to, to Rob. Rob. There. Okay, now I'm going to save this. Debbie does then, Dallas, time machine. Five, five, T. All right. <laughs> there we go. Saved. So now, next time I go see you, I will open up this file and I will remember to bring this. No, to you won't. There you'll, we go. You forget the file. You're like, I was supposed to bring something. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Well, I, Bill was up, but he disappeared. Bill? So, I'm... Okay. There he is. There he is. He's back. Okay. Why is Bill, he wearing what is, a hat? What is, your, what is your number two? Go ahead. Well. Happy New Year's, Bill. You, you're about a month late. <laughs> Happy New Year's. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> thought you'd enjoy that um my first of the two movies in the tie here <laughs> is that's I, I don't know if it, it counts it does count i i think they count music like if a, mo- a movie isn't a traditional type of musical it doesn't count still it's a musical, musical right? it doesn't count Huh? It's a musical. It doesn't count. No, I'm trying to figure out if it is a musical. Fuck you, Bill. It okay. doesn't count. All right. Oh, what is oh, it? It was just another piece. And oh, oh, sorry. Like, do you count a movie where the people don't break in a song or anything like that, but there's music okay. throughout it consistently? Here's an example. In uh, Top Secret, they broke out into song. But that is not a musical. Yeah, it's true. That is true. So. Yeah, but this one, they don't break in the song at all. What movie is it? What movie? Tell us, what movie is it? That thing you do. That is not a musical. I was actually going to put that. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with Jason. That is technically not a musical. 
okay, because some people can't, like, if you, I think I've seen it categorized in, like, video stores before. Where... That's sloppy. Because then you'd have sloppy. to say, you have to say Empire Records is a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Sound of Music yeah, is a musical. That thing you yeah. do, the band was, like, consistently playing throughout the whole but that right. was, that was okay. Bands. So that thing you do no is a movie based on the idea of creating the band, right? So, yeah. how I view musicals is if it's like they're doing a mundane task and then they just start singing about doing that mundane task. Like that's a musical. If if it if it's a movie that follows a band or features a singer. And then they're like on stage performing or singing. That is not a musical, because then you got like Empire Records, The Bodyguard, um, Spice World. I guess. Oh, God, um, you so I think bitch. Purple Rain is considered a musical. <laughs> no, it's not. Purple Rain is not a musical. Uh, no, I would not count that as a musical. I wouldn't count that as a musical. The one, okay, so the one movie I will say that could and could not be counted as a musical. Hand in hand, like back to back, is Tenacious D in the, in the Pick of Destiny. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm with Rob. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. It borders musical <laughs> and non-musical at the same yeah. time. Yeah, but most, I can, yeah, but you're most right. Movies, most movies are either they're a musical, which like you know. So no, yeah. that thing you do, I'm I'm gonna say would not be a musical. Maybe a biopic. Okay, well, it's just a movie about would, a band. I would say, yeah, Pete's right. It's it's more it's more of a biopic. Well, but they're not a real band either. Yeah, it's a fictional biopic. Okay, that's fine. Sorry, Bill. Anywho, go on, go yeah. on, Bill. yes, go ahead, Bill. Anywho, like you say. Uh... Anywho. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was interested in what you guys thought about that part, but. Uh, I love that movie. It's uh, got Tom Hanks. It's a great film. Yeah, yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, if you like Tom Hanks, you're gonna like. But hey, also, take off the like, glasses. Stop doing heroin. Tom Hanks is an amazing <laughs> actor. <laughs> Wait, huh? <laughs> I love Tom Hanks. But you were like, yeah, if you like Tom Hanks. Oh well, and I do. <laughs> I wasn't anywho. Okay, go on, Bill. Come on, let's go. Yeah, that thing you do. Um, but yeah, as I say, there's also like, uh, God, what is that guy's name? I should have looked into that ahead of time. I didn't prepare uh, as. I'm not as prepared as Pete. Well, I, I got my notes here, and I'm still using it. I know you. That's what I'm saying. You got you. You crept together. Got, uh, right Tom now. Hanks, uh, Steve <laughs> Zahn, Charlie Theron, Liv Tyler. The, Tom's a good cast. Tom Everett Scott. A very and, young. Yeah, Charlie that's Stone. the guy. He was in uh, the sequel, American Werewolf in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, he, he wasn't was. that. Yeah, I remember that. He <laughs> wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. He, that. that that guy was like, he did that thing you do and that one and like a few other. He was like popular for that short while there. Yeah, well, Batman yeah, on Campus true. was another one he did. Crap, he played Booster yeah. Gold in Batman the Brave the Bold. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Horrible character. And uh, I think someone said it already, right? Liv Tyler. Liv yeah. Tyler, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. God damn, Liv Tyler. But anyway. 
<laughs> Indeed. Oh, and uh, the, uh, what, the dude from uh, oh gosh, oh Empire Records, he was in. Right? Who? Tom Ever Scott? He wasn't in Empire Records. No, not him. I don't know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, Ethan Embry. Uh, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry. Oh, Ethan Embry. Yeah, Ethan Embry, he yeah. was in. And, uh, he was in Empire Records. Yes. And uh, it was hilarious. Empire Records. Can't hardly wait. Yeah. 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 That's what. That's one of the things I think I like about that movie is all those like people that were cast. famous in that short period of time. There, they were all in there. Yeah. Um, Giovanni Ribisi was in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're gonna hear about that guy in a little bit. That's a that's a oh. so so Bill. Let me ask you what, what 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 about this movie like making it your your top two? What what made this your top two? I I love the songs, I love the music, I love the idea of this band. Even though they're fictitious, I think uh, they would have been a, a cool actual band. Uh, Wasn't it kind of like a spoof of the Beatles? A little bit. I'm yeah, I sure think it was like a take. Like a take. I think like, like a. I think it was basically any band in the '60s was kind of more. You know, I can't think of any other example. Like Rolling Stones, maybe a little bit in there. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, like any kind of clean cut. You know, band in the '60s that were like that. That's basically kind of what I think they were. It was more like a one hit ver- wonder version of them. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. gotcha. Um, but they were like so popular for that one song for so long that it seemed mm. like a, a long time, whatever. And everyone was running after them, like the Beatles and stuff, and Elvis. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, <laughs> also, kind of, I remember it was playing uh, when I went to France in high school, and that movie was playing. Either I think on the way back, yeah. It was either playing on the way there or the way back on the plane. I think it was on the way back. So it's like that was the first time I saw it, and that was that's so it's like uh, that's a memory I have where uh, that makes it even cooler for me. <laughs> All right, it's awesome. It's uh, a good movie. Damn good movie. Yeah. Very good movie. Very good movie. All and, right. And what what did I have it tied with? You, you had yeah, that's right. You had a tie. Yeah. Oh yeah. You didn't yeah, yeah. I didn't what was the other movie. I didn't go there, did I? Jason, nope. you you're gonna guys you another Twilight movie. Oh boy. Oh boy. Prepare yourself, buddy. Okay. Hey, right. Brace for impact, everybody. I got it. Go. <laughs> the talented Mr. Ripley. That was great. Okay, I don't, I, like, I don't hate that movie as much. I don't hate that movie. Damn as much. good film. I didn't like it. I didn't I, like it, but I, I, I don't hate it as much as Twilight. Hated it when it came out, like with a passion. Only how because of how disappointing it was. <laughs> it could have been so much more. I was promised identity theft, and I did not get identity theft. It totally was identity. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> he no. 
he no. <laughs> he took over his whole uh, persona. And he just acted to... like the guy. He didn't claim to be the guy. That that's different. Yeah, but everyone no. thought he was. This is what I was promised. I was promised Matt Damon killing Jude Law, and then him transforming himself into Jude Law, and then going around saying, <laughs> "Hey, everybody, I'm Jude Law." Well, None he, of that ever happened. He took. He took. He, <laughs> I'm like, so tried confused to copy right now. The sound of his voice, <laughs> like he, he did, like the Terminator. I didn't know. I did not. I'm, I was just disappointed. I was just disappointed in the movie. I I don't hate it on the grand level like I do Twilight, but I I was just disappointed. I I even watched this like twice or three times with you to see if I can get over it, and I just I was like I can't. It it's it's kind of boring to me. Not a lot happens. There was not I I I the trailers. Everything made it sound like Matt Damon's gonna kill Jude Law, and then he's gonna transform into Jude Law. That was what I was promised, and that's not what I got. Oh, man. So, oh, sounds but a little bitter. I will respect that Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this movie, and he passed away some time ago. So I will, I will respect him for that. He's oh. a he is a brilliant actor, and I think I actually liked him in this movie. I think he was the one bright spot for me was Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie. So I'm given that, but otherwise I'm just not a fan of the movie. That's he all. did do really good. Well, I mean, he always did good. He's always uh, great. Yeah. He's yeah. great in every. Even in fucking Big Lebowski in a comedy yeah. role, like he was fucking Amazing. awesome. We lost. I love the. I love the way. I love the way he calls him dude. The way he says dude in that movie. Yeah. We, lost, we, we lost an amazing soul there. Yeah, we did. Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's awesome. Anyway, I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been ruining your, all your stuff no, tonight. Well, no, I'm no, sorry. no. I, I knew that you were good. I, I know your feelings on it, so I expect <laughs> I'm actually surprised that you that you hate it less now than you did several years ago. No, I compared it to Twilight. Holy I said shit. I hate it less than Twilight. Holy shit. Bill put on Big Lebowski. Wow. I'm just saying that. Bill, stop changing your eyewear. You're freaking me out, man. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just disappointed. I'm not mad at it. I don't like fully. Ah, point that out. You're supposed to be tripping everyone out. I'm tripping balls, man. No, so, oh. so all right. Well, yeah, we need to we need to keep going here. So anything else, Bill, about talented Mr. Ripley? Um uh, well you know what it reminded me of you're probably not gonna see the correlation because you like this director and but I thought that it was kinda like a modern Hitchcock Hitchcock kinda uh I can see it trying to go that way. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. You know what though? I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, but it made me think of something. In um, the book, The Disaster Artist, which was about the making of The Room, um, there's an interesting story about talented Mr. Ripley. Um, when Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau, uh, they had they hatched a plan to make a movie together. And Tommy Wiseau was like, I need to think, I need to think of a movie to write. I don't know what movie to write. So they both went to go see talented mr ripley all right then after that movie tommy Wiseau was inspired by something and he says i'm gonna name the main character after the main actor in that movie i'm gonna after that guy mark damon 
<laughs> That's the reason why his name I'll is Mark in the room. <laughs> it's wow. because of wow. because of Matt Damon. Talented <laughs> <Mark Damon. laughs> Mr. Ripley. And he thought his name was Mark Damon. <laughs> so wow. sorry, but I keep disrailing things. So anywho, anything else, Bill? No, uh, just I think it's an excellent movie. Uh, I think I'm going to keep freaking Rob out as much as I possibly can. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't even know how to, like, the cinematography, it's a really beautiful movie. It's got, like, uh, you see, like, all these beautiful views of Italy and stuff and uh, I don't know I enjoy it I enjoy it I, most of the times I've watched it was on VHS but <laughs> uh, All right. so I'm probably going to enjoy it even more next time I watch it on like a streaming service or something alrighty that's it yeah. Well, gentlemen, we are on our number ones, so this ought to be good. Rob. Oh man, Oof. we have gone through a long journey here, people. Um, but we've all bonded um, through our hatred of musicals <laughs> and our love yeah, of Tom Hanks. <laughs> my movie, my number one all-time film of the letter T, is going to go. Stage left of everything. Wait, hold on. Stage left. Yeah, that way. Okay. So my movie is a 1988 film. Um, it was directed by one of our favorite directors of all time, John Carpenter. It was written and um, it was written and directed by John Carpenter, and it was also written. It was helped. An individual named Ray Nelson helped write it, but it's based off of the short story by. Um, Ray Nelson called eight o'clock in the morning. So this movie came out during the time of a uh, big trouble with China, the fog escape from New York back in the eighties when action and sci-fi slash horror kind of melded together, you know, stars, um, Keith David, who was in, um, who, who played Dr. F uh, Felicia Fessier in the frog prince and, uh, Bolo in final space, which I don't know if you've ever watched that TV show. Um, has an amazing uh, music by um, uh, I think her name is Shelby Mary. Uh, let me let me make sure here. Um, yeah, Shelby Mary. Uh, if you're listening to this, I love you. Please marry me. Um, <laughs> it also stars um, Meg Foster, who played Evelyn in uh, Masters of the Universe, and she's also in Lords of Salem, and wow. one of the all-time greatest wrestlers. Um, a man who is just an iconic individual. The one, the <clears throat> only, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Nice. I'm talking about 1988, They Live. So this was, um, this was adapted from the, from, the, from the movie, from the story. Um, so the character Rowdy Piper plays is not. He's kind of a down on the down near like construction worker. He discovers he finds this pair of shades, you know, kind of like the ones that Bill's wearing right now. Yes, Jason, I want that. You son of a bitch. 
I want that so bad. <laughs> um, he finds this pair, this this pair of special glasses, and when he puts them on, his his Jason, stop, stop! I swear to God, I will come to your house and I will steal that from you. This is kind of creepy because I can't see Jason. Yeah, I can't see either. So. <laughs> he's, got, he's got the comic book version of what I'm talking about. It's the amazing. Uh, so, no, it's, it's a DVD. It's a you DVD. You got the DVD. Okay. Yeah. So it's a DVD. he puts on these glasses and he sees all this, this subliminal advertising of obey, conform, stay awake, no imagination. And what is happening is he's realizing that the human species is being basically trained to be this sub subverbiate, you know, pet of these these aliens who have taken over. And so um, these aliens are like in charge of this massive corporation to keep humanoids, keep humans subdued into being just fat, lazy things, you know? It was budgeted when it was created. It was budgeted for about $4 million and it grossed $13 million. So it made over three times its value. Um, wow. I can't go, I'm going to go on about this because I love this movie so much. Um, the line, we, I talked about this before we started. I talked about this line, I've come to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> that, that line has been used in Duke Nukem video games. It has been parodied by multiple people. But what's ironic about that line is that Rowdy Rowdy Piper wanted to use that as his tagline when he was wrestling. And he had this little like um, he had this uh, the little notebook of things that you know he written down during his wrestling career. And he he approached Carpenter. He's like, "Look, I really want to use this. I've wanted to use this throughout my entire career. Nobody's liked it." And John Carpenter's like, "Fucking do it." <laughs> so that one scene where he's in the bank, he's like, "I've come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum." That's his iconic, you know, just it's beautiful the way John Carpenter and Rowdy Piper worked that in the movie. Um, another fun fact about this, um, Jason, you talked about The Thing. So um, Keith David was in The Thing, right? Yep. Yep. So John Carpenter was like, look, he was talking to his crew. He's like, he's talking to his, his, his crew and his writing crew. He's like, look, I really need a really good sidekick character. I need some guy like, who's just going to be the opposite of our, our, our hero. And after he was working with David in his performance and the thing, he's like, dude, you would be the most traditional kick-ass sidekick that owns his shit. And I want you in this movie. And David's like, cool. All right, let's do this. And if you watch, like, if you watch the movie and you, you see the chemistry between Piper and between David, it is almost like a sidekick buddy film you know it's just it's so damn beautiful um one another i got i got three more interesting facts here one which is kind of a i, I talked about with jason but um so carpenter was one of the original individuals to bring homeless people homeless folks into the movie as characters as side characters as crew members and he would pay them as well as give them food um when this was done, this was original throughout the time of, you know, these movies back in the 80s. There was, um, there was a conversation between Piper and between Carpenter. He's like, dude, I never thought about this. This is amazing, you know. 
you're one of the individuals, you're one of the directors who, who does this and it's just, it's amazing for you to do this. Um, Robin Williams, throughout a lot of his movies would demand that homeless people be brought in as crew members to give them a second chance on life, you know, to give them skills so that they would no longer become homeless. So I thought that was amazing. Um, the character himself played by Piper was called Nada. And if you watched out the entire movie, not once did Rowdy Rowdy Piper give his name out to anybody. And it was a it was kind of a homage to the original character in um, eight, 8 o'clock in the morning, George Nada. That was the character's name, and Piper not once said his name. So he's like, you know what? We're just going to go through this at the entire movie. And in the credits, his, his character's name was Nada. And... Um, the, the amazing thing about this, um, I talked about I talked about it with Jason, talked about it with Pete. I'm going to bring up a um, uh, a board game studio here, um, ladies and gentlemen. If you've not heard of a company, it's called Iconic Studios. Um, and Iconic Studios, if you're watching, please listen to this very carefully here. They just kickstarted not too long ago, before COVID and all that nightmare with COVID. We all know how much of a disaster COVID has been to us. Um, they kickstarted a board game called They Live Assault on Cable 54. On, on cable 54. Um, last time I spoke, I, I checked on the, the updates. They said that as of um, January 11th, they were working on quality control. But I spoke with them earlier today. Um, I spoke with Iconic Studios, and they said that they are in the process of um, getting the uh, logistics set out for the board game to be sent out to everybody worldwide. Um, awesome. board, it's, it's an amazing, um, Jason, we actually, I'll speak with Jason earlier. Uh, Jason kickstarted this as well. Um, this is going to take place in the, the universe of They Live. And it's gonna be in the cable studio um, of the movie. So we're going to be, you know, people who have kickstarted this, you're going to be able to play with the, the glasses and you're going to see, you know, from the viewpoint of Rowdy Rowdy Piper's character, you know, Nada. So I am super stoked. I can't tell you just how excited I am for this. This is like, I've kickstarted a lot of shit and this is one of the all-time kickstarts I am waiting for. I have been waiting for. Psychotic Studios, if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, Make it happen. I'm waiting for my copy of They Live Assault on Cable 54. And I hope I hope for some extra t-shirts because you know it's a good show. It's a good it's a it's a good board game. So yeah, my number one, my all-time number one, They Live, 1988, directed by John Carpenter. Yeah, it's yes. great, great, great great movie. I also cannot wait for, for the board game as well. I am super I am I am super stoked for it us. looks fun. It looks really fun. And we agree, Jason. We agreed to um, to talk about this on Cinegamer, do we not? We do, yeah. Once we get it played, absolutely. We will be talking about it. So, All right. Uh, Pete, number one. Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Hold, hold on. Let me uh, get my little special guest here for a sec. Oh, hey, no, Ted. Special guest. For me. Hey, hey. You see an ear. Oh, there he is. There I've he seen, is. I've seen so many horror movies. Oh, yeah. Come here, you bastard. There you go. So, anyways, that's my number one. Um, good old uh, Seth MacFarlane uh, from Family Guy did a great R rated stoner flick 
and I say Stoner Flick because if you watch it, you know what I'm talking about. It's a, a great damn comedy. And for Mark Wahlberg to be in a Stoner Flick, that's what made it even funnier. But uh, Mila Kunis, who's been in the Stoner type of show, that 70s show, was also in the, the thing which made it funny. But we were talked about, now I'm going to say this real quick before I even get to the movie. One character, one the character, one actress that we mentioned earlier that's popular for not just movies, but video games, cartoons. Who am I talking about? We mentioned her earlier. Sarah Strong. Yes. When you, when uh, uh, Ted says "I love you," do you know who that is? That's her. That's a. I did not think of that. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I had to say that. So, anyways, the movie huh. basically is about Mark Wahlberg's character, but when he was a kid, though, and he wished his teddy bear to come to life. Funniest, one of the funniest parts of the movie was actually that part two when the, when the teddy bear actually came to life after it, and the parents' the reaction to it was priceless, and it goes on from there when he's grown up. Now they're growing up, and Ted has become a stoner. And so, yeah. and, and, you know, and that whole shit is just fucking phenomenally funny. And it goes on from there. You got Mark Wahlberg. Like I said, you see him in, in all kinds of shit. And, and you rarely ever see him in a really funny-ass comedy before then. I'm saying before Ted. Like, he was always doing some serious shit. He comes out as his, you know, the kid growing up, all stonerized himself. Fucking funny as hell. And it's narrated by Patrick Stewart, which is funny as hell, because <laughs> you usually see sure. Patrick Stewart uh, before he was doing uh, the uh, not Family Guy, American Dad. Before he started doing American Dad and stuff, their thing and all that, you'd see him in serious roles and stuff. And 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 for him to be goofing off and stuff, their thing in there is hilarious. Um, you got uh, Patrick Warburton that's usually in the uh, Family Guy in there too with them. Um, you got you got a whole bunch. Giovanni Ribisi, who's also usually always serious, plays a very funny as hell stalker. Uh, you, you see him dancing at Tiffany's. They think we were alone. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got the uh, Flash Gordon, the actor in there, and the villain. <laughs> uh, you got the. Uh, you, got <laughs> you got a bunch of shit that goes on here. They they they. It's the funniest stoner comedy you can think of. And I mean, I have baked was funny as hell, but you watch this shit and you fucking laugh way all the way through. And the part two, I'm only mentioning the part two. One of the funniest things from a serious actor was Liam Neeson with the, the cereal. Yeah, that was good. the funniest thing. But anyways, I, I highly recommend this. I tried to hurry up because we're, we're, we're usually not this long. We're almost going on 11 o'clock here in Chicago. Wow. Over there, it's almost midnight. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Been on for um, a while, we have. That was number one for me, Ted. Okay. <clears throat> My number one, um, I mentioned it when we did our top five favorite anthology movies. And I had to do it here because this is also one of my favorite movies. And that's going to be Trick, Trick or Treat. Yeah. Good movie. About that. Good movie. I really fucking love this movie. I mean, oh my god. Um, in case anyone didn't hear or listen to the anthology show, A, fuck you. <laughs> B, 
<laughs> um, please do. It's a fun show. And C. Fuck you, um, please do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Listen to our show. No. Um, okay. Uh, it's an anthology movie. It's a, it's a movie that features several little stories. Um, here, they all take place on the same night, on Halloween. And it focuses on different people in this small town. And... Um, it there's like a there's a guy who's kind of who's a serial killer. Uh, he kills a kid and he's trying to bury the body in his backyard, but his neighbor keeps interrupting him. So there's that story. We got Anna Paquin, uh, who's with a bunch of friends, and they're they keep talking about this thing where it makes it look like she's trying to lose her virginity. Uh, but then it ends up she ends up being a werewolf. Werewolf virginity. <laughs> And so, uh, she, she kills somebody for the first time. Uh, there's, um, story about these, uh, these kids who, uh, prank another kid, uh, to go down to the shores of this beach where, uh, like years and years ago, this bus driver sent this bus of, uh, how do I politely say this? Not mentally well kids, uh, off the uh, off this cliff into the into the waters, uh, and so the kids prank this other girl to go down there, and they pretend to be the ghosts of of those kids, but ends up being a prank. But then the jokes on them because then the actual ghosts, zombies, whatever of those kids of the the special needs kids start attacking them. And then the favorite one, the best one, is the last one featuring Sam Hine uh, chasing around Brian Cox in his house. Yes. (laughs) That is probably, like, the best story out of the whole movie, and it's the last one. Um, Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Great scares, good horror. I yeah I I fucking love it I had to, I I'm pretty sure I made it my number one anthology movie so it had to be my number one favorite T movie as well I really love it so there Good you go movie. number one is Trick or Treat all right uh Bill uh you guys got me thinking when when Pete uh when you took the Ted out and Jason was saying how. So many horror movies start that way. <laughs> it got me thinking about this uh, episode of Supernatural with the there's a, a talking teddy bear <laughs> and uh, it's a uh, Bob K Bob K Goldway. Oh place. yeah! Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I remember uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Jason shaking his head, but we're all like, yes. Yeah, I've not seen that episode. So that's why I don't know what you mean, but that's cool. Oh, uh, yeah, this just made me think of that, though. <laughs> if you'll, you'll watch it eventually. You're off you ever seen the you. one with the show with him with the character like that? The, um, that had, um, she's a well known actress that was hot, too. I can't think of her name right now. Uh, there was an old, uh, that, uh, it was a rip of, uh, um, Bundy, um, Mary with Children was making fun of pretty much, and, and they had like a talking doll or whatever, like that thing. Oh, and my it had God. Bobcat Gold Whip. I uh, forgot I about that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that a yeah, creep show? 
No, it, it was uh, Unhappily Ever After. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a WB show. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember now. That was it hilarious. was a lot like Married with Children, except that yeah, had it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. But it was hilarious though. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So that's that's another reason why I bought. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> Bob can't get it first. Oh. No, sorry, no. <laughs> right. So, all right. Anywho, Bill, what's your number one? My, my uh, number one is, let me look at my notes. This is my notes, by the way. <laughs> Bone wow. <laughs> okay, this is a tie. Surprise. Uh, it's part of a series of one you mentioned earlier, Pete. The first one I'm going to say. Uh, but it's the only one, ironically, I've seen of the series so far. But I absolutely loved. I was blown away by this. Uh, I'm talking about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, that was great too. Yeah, uh, I almost did tie with all of them. Go on, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Go on, uh, go on, go on, go on. I need to see the other ones still. I might. I probably agree. Uh, that, uh, you know, I was won over immediately by the uh, they had the Led Zeppelin playing with the the battle <laughs> going on. It was just, <clears throat> yep. They've always been like my favorite band. So to see that that was just that's that that won me over immediately. <laughs> uh, and then it was just it's such a funny move, like. I don't I don't know if I just miss it, but like I don't always see the humor in the Marvel movies that everyone's talking about. But that one was just was really hilarious. hysterical. Uh especially Hawk. <laughs> and Korg. Hawk and Korg. Oh yeah, the Korg, yeah, Korg guy. Uh the psychic character. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's not much else to say about, oh, the battles in the, uh, when they're doing the battles, fighting each other in the, I guess the ring you'd call it, but it wasn't a ring really. Yeah. The mausoleum. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the old, uh, arena. Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah, Coliseum. like a Coliseum type thing. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Just a really, oh, and what's his name? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The grandmaster. He's great in that movie. I didn't expect yeah. him to be there. Was, yeah. That really, that was funny. Welcome to uh, Priceline.com. Right. <laughs> okay. What's your second movie? My second one uh, is, it's, it's a movie you mentioned earlier. Oh. As, as a, is this the first... I think in this episode, it's going to be the first one that two people had. Right? I think so. Crossover? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it would be. Let me hear what it is. <laughs> time Crimes. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so, yes, you were correct when you said I really got into it when you showed it to me. Yeah. Uh, 
I recommend anyone, everyone go see it immediately. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's hard to talk about it. Like you said, you've, you said uh, enough already to where you can't say much more about it because it's, you don't want to. Yeah, I stopped at, a, at an important yeah. plot thing and then I didn't want to reveal the rest. Yeah. But it's really cool. Uh, it does have a really cool twist. Yeah. If you like time travel movies, you'll really like. It's not like. I don't know how to say it without. It's because it's in another language. It might seem like it's not good acting because of the, the way it's translated over. Hmm. Yeah. Did you feel? Uh... Nah, I, I mean, see, the thing is, we're watching a subtitled version, and sometimes stuff kind of gets lost in translation. Yeah. So, you know, it might not have been like exactly what they said. So, their facial features or body movement might not necessarily match up with what's being said on the screen. So, it kind of comes off as kind of strange. I mean, um, that's just that's just kind of the downfall of watching a subtitled movie. Yeah, but it's fine. I I'm willing to get over that. It's it's not a big deal for me. I just thought I'd point that out. <clears throat> Some people. Yeah, that's fine. But other than that, I mean, as, and I wouldn't even consider that a, a downfall or anything. It's just. Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's not even a big deal to me. So. Um. It wasn't like, uh, martial arts. Uh, from the seventies, like, well, no, I will. It's not beat you up now. No, it wasn't like that. It's full it's, on. No, wow, you no. Well, all right. Um, that is such a good movie, though. Like the, I think. Oh, uh, I don't. If you, I don't think you mentioned the the music of it. That was something that got me into it too. Ah, uh, okay. Even though it's. I hate to, man. I I hate to draw this out because it's going on midnight. But um, being close, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll say this really cl- I'll say this really 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 quickly. Then we got to start wrapping up. Um, I'm very strange when it comes to music in movies in that I don't really notice it, and I acknowledge that's a me problem. That's just me. I know people do notice it. I know there's a lot of great music that's done in movies. But like, like a great example I can point out was after I saw The Social Network, people went on and on about how great the music was, and I just did not notice it. And it was done by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and I know they're great, talented musicians, uh, but I was I just did not notice the music. And I tend to do that with a lot of movies. For some reason, I just don't ever think about it or notice it or point it out. But again, that's just me, so... I just wanted to quickly say that. So okay. Um, well, yeah. All right. You you were right about the seeming like the hot tub time machine thing with the. <laughs> it was like a hot tub. I I just wish Chevy Chase would have been in it. That would have been the one thing. Cordray. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and end this thing. Um, so we're gonna really quickly we're gonna recap our five. 
uh, then we'll end the show. So, Rob, go ahead and do your five. All right, my number five is Time Bandit. So my number four is Treasure Planet. My number three is Toys. My number two, Top Secret. And my number one letter T movie of all time is They Live. All right, nice. Pete. All right, number five, There's Something About Mary. Number four, 13 Ghosts. Number three, Thor. Number two, the Terminator. Number one, Ted. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I, I, hey, I... He, Pete understood the assignment. Thank you, All right. machine, man. <laughs> my, number, my number five uh, was uh, uh, They Might Be Giants and The Trouble with Harry. Uh, number four is Ten Little Indians, the 1965 version. Uh, number three is Triangle and the Thing. Um, number two is Time Crimes and The Time Machine from 1960. And my number one is Trick or Treat. Bill. Nice. Excellent picks, guys. Uh, my number five is TMNT, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990. <clears throat> number four, tie between Top Gun and Titanic. Number three, Twilight, Breaking Dawn, part two. Number two, That Thing You Do, tied with the talented Mr. Ripley. And number one, Thor Ragnarok, tied with Time Crimes. All right. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, you should go check out rabbitholepodcast.com. That is where all other episodes are. We are also on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple, Google, a lot of different podcasting apps and websites. You can go check us out there. Uh, as for Rabbit Hole Podcast themselves, uh, like I said, rabbitholepodcast.com. And we are on Twitter at uh, rabbithp. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode, uh, to everyone listening. Sorry, this is kind of long, but you know what? We were having fun. This was a different vibe cause we were on Twitch and so it, it went a little long. So, uh, I do apologize, but we hope you guys enjoy the episode. As always, we had fun. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you all very, 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 very much. Bill plus, looks like yeah, he's got plus, something yeah. to say, so <laughs> thank you. So sorry. <laughs> you so, go ahead, Bill. Go ahead. Two real quick things. Um one, I did something really cool. You guys will be proud of me last week. I downloaded the Run P app. Ooh. Yes. I haven't used it yet because I don't remember the last time I stepped into a movie theater. But, <laughs> but when I do, I will be using it. All right. Uh, and another thing uh, I thought I'd point out, this was our 23rd episode, the letter T hmm. movies, and this is our seventh video. And we got four episodes episode. left. And our well first live. First live, four. yes, absolutely. Did you say four left? Four left. Oh, my goodness. You're right. For this season. You well R S T U B W X Y. Oh, we got six left. No, unless I misunderstand my alphabet. U V W. Yeah, six. Never mind. My, I'm lost my count. I'm tired. <laughs> it's, all right. it's it's been More four hours. hours. Yeah, it's it's all good, you guys. All right, hey everyone, have a good night, have a good week, and we will catch you in two weeks. Right. Adios. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Jason Soto. I'm Rob Branch. And uh, we are the hosts of the podcast Cinegamer. It is a podcast that takes a look 
at board games that is based on movies, TV shows, books. Uh, what else is there, Rob? Pam- pamphlets. Uh, pamphlets. We put the thin in games. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, come check us out over at rabbitholepodcast.com or you can uh, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you get podcasts from. Definitely check us out. And we are definitely, if you couldn't so tell. Are we on Stitcher too? We're on Stitcher, yeah. Hey, how about that? We're on Stitcher also. Yeah. So check us out in all those places. And we are definitely adult orientated. Don't let the board game thing fool you. So come check us out. RabbitHolePodcast.com. We're adults. Copyright 2022. Rabbit Hole Podcasts. RabbitHolePodcast.com.